Let's go into track number one. It is, of course, Wow. Captain, tell us your thoughts on, on the song Wow. It's unbelievable. Cracking. It's cool. Probably the greatest Prince album opener ever. Mm. Track number two, Pretzel Body Logic. Outstanding. Dandy. <laughs> Ace. Magnificent. Mm. Track number three. Ain't turning round. It's very good. It's just groovy. Second and none. Amazing. Mm. Track number four. Plectrum Electrum. It's kick ass. It's nifty, this song. It's first rate. Incredible. Track number five, guys. White caps. Five stars. Five out of five. It's just peachy. It's outstanding. Exhilarating. <laughs> Track number six. Fix your life up. It blew my head off. This is swell. It's the gold standard. Oh, just so energetic. Track number seven. Boy Trouble. Funkiest track on the album. This is just hot, the song. It's just hot. It's terrific. Toe Jam, you must be reading my notes. This makes me hot. Track number eight is Stop This Train. Brilliant. It's highly recommended. It's more supreme than a pizza. This song <laughs> This song has no peer. Track number nine, Another Love. It's wonderful. It's uh, very solid, this song. It's crazy amazing. Marvellous. Track number ten, guys, Tic-Tac-Toe. Tremendous. Redeeming. Super. It's lovely. Track number eleven is Mars. Astonishing. I'm so keen for this song. Ow, it's out of sight. Interplanetary rock and roll. Speaking of rock and roll, the album closer. It's been a long time coming, guys. Track number 12, funk and roll. It is stupendous. It's well behaved. It's beyond compare. Prince and rock had a baby and they called it funk and roll. So there you go. Believe it or not, this is what some people would like to hear us say about the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Bitch and Black Podcast, your central place to hear unofficial news, reviews, trivia, and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the host, MC. You know, it's got all those classic Prince elements. Captain, why wouldn't you just record as much as you could? It's just like a storage house of ideas. Oh, jam. Either version. I love both versions. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Peach and Black podcast. We're here again, getting into your ear for your listening pleasure, the Peach and Black crew, welcoming Toe Jam. Fix your life up! <laughs> Player. Lost my job at Mickey D's. And Captain. <laughs> Silly rabbit. And uh, it's me, MC. We are back again around this virtual table about to discuss Plectrum Electrum, the album. We discussed elements of this release on our first impressions show a little while back where, you know, we went into all sorts of things. Controversial first impression show. Mm. It was, it was. Although we straight stayed true to form and true to our word we all talked about what how we first felt when we when we heard the music on plectrum electrum and artificial age but uh look tonight we're here to talk about plectrum electrum the prince and third eye girl debut release really yeah that they've certainly been releasing music over the last couple of years but this is their first studio album and there's 12 songs on it and we're about to go into those but before we do i'll hand it over to player to explain a little bit about a vote that went on recently and how it relates to plectrum electrum the album okay we as you know 
conducted a survey for all the Prince fans. We had thousands of our listeners write in and fill in the survey. And basically, there was a series of questions for Artificial Age and Plectrum Electrum, basically rating the tracks, rating the albums, how you thought of them. Really, what we're going to do in this album review, we'll review the songs as normal. And at the end of each one, I will tell you how you voted. There's basically two ways that the vote ran. One was each individual track, you had to rate them as love, like, neutral, dislike, or hate, and you could pick one of those. Hate? Hate's hate? a bit harsh. Hate's, hate's a bit harsh, strong. but we thought we'd put it in there if, you know, For all people... the haters. The haters got to have a choice. <laughs> right. <laughs> the hate experience, player. <laughs> That's exactly right. The second part of the question was taking all the tracks and listing them in order of how you like them. So you may love a song, for example, like Boy Trouble, but then if you were to rate it against all the other tracks on the album, would you really put it first or would you put it more down the list? So we'll go through that through this survey and through this review. And a condition of this vote is that Peach and Black accepts no responsibility or blame for how the public, the listening public voted. Well, yeah, this is all your results, guys. So if Nothing you don't to do with agree us. with it, yeah, we're just... If you don't like the results, you go look in the mirror <laughs> and start shouting at yourself because you voted. Kiss don't, it twice. Don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> very, very good. Okay, let's go straight into the music. And we'll start at the beginning. It's track number one, the album opener. Wow. Captain. It's amazing. Outstanding. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> That's preposterous. Uh, Captain, what are your thoughts on this album opener? At the start of this show, you said this could possibly be the best track to ever open a Prince album. How true was that statement? Uh, I'll answer that wow. shortly. <laughs> <laughs> This is a great rock track, and to introduce a rock album, it's got these huge crunching guitars in the chorus, and then you've got nice acoustics in the verses. 226, you've got a big guitar solo, that's always good. Okay, I don't listen to lyrics, but this lyric, anything about bees who are attracted to honey. They are not. They make honey. They're attracted to pollen. Stop saying like a bee to the honey. Bees don't go to honey. They're not bears. It's not Winnie the Pooh. They are not attracted to honey. Um, okay. Isn't that hard say, to say? Bees making honey, like bees making honey. That wouldn't have been. That wouldn't have been hard. Like a bee to some honey. I just. It just annoys me every every time I hear it because it's like not true. Um, First myth busted. <laughs> Vocals, he pushes his vocals pretty hard at parts in this song, especially near the end, which is always a good thing. And, well, 406 is another huge guitar solo. Great tone. Sound of that guitar is very good. And I don't know what this song is about, but I read online, somebody said, this is a song Prince wrote to the fans, to well, us. I thought and- it was actually about the night that he met one half of the Peach and Black podcast in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> Maybe it was like MC to honey. (laughs) (laughs) But when you think about it that way, it it makes sense. Who knows what it is really about, but it could be about, you know, from that perspective. And I think that's a pretty interesting idea, which is good. So whoever said that, yeah, I like that theory. But also, yeah, first track on the album starts the trend of very abrupt endings to songs on this album. And this is the first one that, that does it. Not all of them do it. There's some fade outs, but there's also some songs that just end and you're just, what? And then the next song's already started. But overall, this is a very good song to start the album with. Not the best song on the album, but it's it's up there. It's pretty good. I like it. I was just going to say, Captain, about your remark with regards to the abrupt song endings. I mean, you could call that unexpected, but uh-huh, uh-huh. you could also call that wow. 
you see? Did you see what Prince posted on Facebook a week or two back? He said, you can call it Wow, or you can call it The Unexpected, because this song's released on two different albums, on one album it's called Wow, and on the other one it's called Unexpected. Ha ha ha, hilarious. <laughs> the, the play on words is stunning. It just never ends. <laughs> Never ends with this guy. Hours of fun. He's, a com- he's the best comedian. He's the best. Forget Tenacious D. You know, he Prince is the funniest comedian musician that's out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to continue this blistering review of uh, the, the album opener, Toe Jam. I think this is a solid song. First thought is when it comes on is it just sounds really chunky and I think, I don't know, maybe it's just my ears telling me that it's recorded to analog just because I know it is, but I think you can hear throughout this album and you can obviously hear it in the first song that it just sounds really thick and chunky and it's just a nice warm sound through probably 10 of these songs on this album. Um, so that's really good to hear. Like someone was saying, it was released on the Live Warfield album a, a few months ago. Um, so we had kind of heard it before, but it's nice to hear the Prince version. I like the contrast between the the verse where it's really soft and almost bluesy, and then the chorus is just you know big and rocking. Uh, Hello, that's a nice. How yeah. are you? Yeah, that's a bit of a weird lyric to start with. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of that, like the <laughs> lyrics, the beginning of it. It sounds not, very not weak. a massive complaint. Just that first bit, it sort of sounds weak to me. It reminds me of the stuff they were doing in the mid-80s period with um, Computer Blue is a Water Woman after the whole Wendy and Lisa thing. Talking, you guys yeah. didn't get that? Yeah, I hear that a bit. Yeah. Well, and then the next verse, I think he says, sorry, I, I, what came over me or something. <laughs> um, so I like that because it's kind of like he's starting quiet and then he's exploded in this big chorus and it's, oh, 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 sorry about that. So that's pretty funny. Big guitar solos towards the end. It sounds very Gold Experience, really. Like, it, it could have fit on the Gold Experience. A lot of that album, you could say that, I guess. By the end of it, I'm, I think I'm kind of a bit over the, you can call it, call it, you can call it, call it, you can call it, call it. It sort of gets a bit repetitive towards the end. But again, that's a minor complaint. The bass lines are quite a bluesy boom. That sort of bass line. Yeah, it's just solid. I haven't got a lot to say about it. It's just a solid opener. Nothing that completely blows my mind or anything, but just just a solid opener for album. Does anyone think their impression would have been different if you'd never heard this song before? I think so, yeah. I think I might have been a bit, maybe a bit more surprised by it, but having already known about the song for six months. Um, But that's the case with most albums. Most albums that come out, there's always a few tracks that you already know, so it's not a big complaint. Because I heard Liv's version... You know, when it first came out, but then I never listened to it again. So when I listened to this one, it was like it was the first time I'd heard it anyway. I barely remembered Lib's version because it was so long ago when I heard it. Not that it's, you know, that forgettable. I just didn't listen to it more than once. So for, for me, it was like it was the first time I'd heard it anyway. So. I wasn't really. I, think I wasn't, be, I wasn't be, comparing it, and I think so many people are comparing it. I think that would be the case with probably ninety nine percent of the people who buy this album anyway. That mm. this, they wouldn't have heard the live version. You think? Yeah. How many people do you reckon bought the live album? Ninety nine percent. Oh come on, ninety. Yeah, but you're forgetting the that majority. Yeah, the majority. Yeah. I, I would agree. Wouldn't wouldn't have heard. No, no, but you're forgetting the majority of people who did buy Liv's album knew about her through Prince. So yeah. I'd say the majority of people did know Liv's version, and you're saying they didn't? Yeah, but most Prince fans aren't like people like us who buy everything. There's a whole massive, as as we know from the shows in 2012, there's a whole audience out there who are fans of Prince, but they don't, you know, they're not up to date with what's going on in, in Prince-associated artist land, you know? Mm. I mean, less people have bought this album than they have Artificial Age. So. Yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of people would just bought, that. oh yeah, there's two albums, well, I'll just buy this one, so... Maybe we'll talk, get a little bit more into that uh, later on. Player, what are your thoughts on this album, Obito? 
I think this is a great way to open the album. It's a strong track, especially the first vocal, like you guys were saying about the hello thing. I mean, he could have opened this album with Plectrum Electrum, you know, being the title track. But I think because this has the first verse with the hello, it's sort of, you know, sort of welcoming you. The chord progression is very bluesy, strong power chords, and then it breaks down for the verses, and then it ramps up for the chorus. That's really cool. The spoken word section in the middle of the song has some really cool acoustic guitar noodling interplaying mm. with the bass. Really nice to listen on the headphones. And then towards the end, that blistering guitar solo. I think this is the kind of no-holds-bar soloing that fans have desperately wanted on a Prince Studio album that he's refrained from in the past, leaving it for live shows. So I think this is just fantastic. Fantastic. Tremendous. (laughs) Wonderful. Wow. I agree with you guys, uh, and specifically with Player, about those guitar solos and the really biting guitar sounds. This is a great opener. It really sets the scene high energy power chords you know rock god stance those crunching guitars and then the electrifying guitar solos over the top of those just create a huge sound nice big sound stage when you're listening to it on headphones very well mixed song it does get a little bright meaning trebly in parts but i'll forgive that element of it down to down to the mixing but this is a nice band performance and it is pretty exhilarating especially when it gets to that kind of three quarters of the way through the song i'm really feeling it and loving the interplay between the bass the drums and the two guitars being donna grantis and prince rogers nelson and i think you couldn't ask for a stronger opening to a prince and third eye girl album than this so at this point i'm loving it and uh my spirits are high so yeah great album opener like toe jam said i never thought about this at all but the more i think about it this would have been great on the gold experience especially with those guitar solos it would have been great. Yeah, it wouldn't sound out of place at all. You know, even with the female vocals, it would sound perfect on that album, yeah. The more, the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I could listen to that. So from WOW, we go into track number two. Hang on a sec. Fan vote. Tell oh. us, tell us. Okay, well, the good news is that out of the thousands of votes that we got, no one ticked the hate box for this particular track. Woohoo! And only 1.68% disliked the track. 11.76% thought it was neutral. A whopping 30% like it, and a whopping 56.30% love it. And when comparing it to the other tracks on the album... This is the fan's second favorite song on this al- whole album. Wow. So, I would yeah, not wow. pick that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Rates very highly. So what wow. was the... There was love and then like. It was like 50-something and 30-something. So, you know, that's over 80% really yeah. like this song. That's, this song. Yeah. That is a so good number. It is good. Yeah. So good way to open the album and a lot of fans I wouldn't like say this. this is my second favorite song. Anyway, <laughs> that's just me. This is probably like fourth or fifth. Um, still, still up there, though. It's, yeah, it's a good song. It's in the top like four or five for me. We'll go yeah. through it. I would agree with that. I'll just say one more thing about Wow, wow. the opening song. The lyrics are kind of playful and again that's another great element of it but in particular the lyric the cycle of the moon affects the sea what you get Mm. you know and etc etc i love that part where he says you know i I don't know what came over me and he starts talking about the cycle of the moon and how it affects all sorts of things i think that's a really creative way of describing the wavy way that the song flows and i I commend him on that because it's I think something that we haven't heard recently from Prince. And again, another positive in this album opener. With that, let's go to song number two. It is Pretzel Body Logic. Pretzel Body Logic, yeah, so much fun. Dreaming of each other on the 
Let's give it over to Player to open up his review of this. Yeah, this is a fun track that is reminiscent of the Go-Go's for me in the sense that it's a girls group with a rock bass and pop sensibilities. And this track has all of that. It has the nonsensical lyrics, good as a single, but probably not timed well on the back of the New Girl episode instead of Falling Love Tonight. Musically, you've got these chunky power chords all over, you know, like a We Will Rock You-esque style beat with the occasional hand claps thrown in for good measure. Every element has its space and it's featured with little solos within the song. There's a little guitar one, little drums, bass. Yeah, I like this song for its energy. The intro, unlike MC, I don't mind the intro. It's not too bad. You're talking about the acapella bit? Yeah, the acapella bit. I don't like the acapella intro, but once the song gets into it, I'm with you, player. I think it works really, really well. In fact, I'll take it a step further. I think it works surprisingly well, much better on this album than it did as a single. Because I remember first listening to this as a single release, and I was very unenthusiastic. And so when I read that this was going to be on the album, I wasn't, I'll say I wasn't looking forward to it. And after listening, Listening to it after the opening song, it really just follows that theme of crunchy guitars, cool start-stop rhythms, reminiscent of early Black Sabbath and ACDC as well, I think. So with that, it's just a cool rocker. And again, um, as Captain mentioned, Prince pushing his vocals to the limit. And I think he does a little bit of that here, especially towards the end of the song with those high, high-pitched yells and screams. I think it's fantastic as an energetic rock song, which is really what it is. And it just keeps that album move the album opening moving which is which is a great thing again i wasn't a fan of this when it first came out as a single works much better on the album and it's growing on me so with that let's take it to captain i was gonna say i think we can all agree we could easily just drop the first 12 seconds of this track it'll just make it better a lot better (laughs) i think you think it's really the only negative thing i've got to say about this track apart from that it's a pretty damn good rock song it's a very heavy track it's up there with the heaviest sounding tracks he's done i think it's just monster the crunchy guitars on this they're even more crunchy than on the first track i think yeah you can't complain about that i mean that's oh no if you if you want hard rock guitar sounds just the the crunch is just it'll kill you but (laughs) this song oh there's there's some good stuff the first track there wasn't much of this but on this song there's little things which artificial age has way more but this being a mostly live recorded in the studio has a lot less of those little bits that he's added on. But there's a few on this track. There's this like random little guitar note at 118. I don't know what it is, but it's there and I like it. And in the chorus, there's this big guitar slide in the middle of every chorus. Yeah, that's awesome. Just just where you think the third line of the chorus is going to come in, there's just this massive downward guitar slide and then a delayed vocal on that third line. It's just, it's too cool. Every time I'm just, it's, it kills me. It's great. Uh, 151, I like how you've got a guitar solo and then there's a bass solo and then there's drums. Every, everybody gets a go. It's, it's good. And then best vocals in the track third verse, Prince just kills the vocals where he says that the first line that limo on the tarmac ready to ride that's good, just the sound of that I like, uh, and then there's after that there's some cool little backwards guitar riff don't know what that's about, so not technically all live in the studio when there's backwards guitar stuff added on, but yeah that's what I'm saying, this song's had a few little things added which is good, it makes it more interesting I think, in the quiet parts of this track you can, it sounds like there's like little maracas or there's some like cheeky cheeky boom all the way through you can't hear it in the loud section, but in the quiet sections you can hear it. And 312 to 315, great vocal by Prince. It's a bit buried, but he's just screaming. It's great. And just like 
MC said, I can't believe the, the difference of my opinion of this track to when it first came out to hearing it in its place on this album. It's just so much better on this album. It's crazy how that works, how your brain... I don't know. I can't even explain. It's, <laughs> just, con- it, the, it's just better now. The context of the album creates a hugely different effect. It does. Weird, but... But it, but it is weird because there's no explanation <clears throat> how that... How does your brain just go, well, it sounds better now it's on an album. It's still exactly the same track. It's just weird. Anyway, I'll let Toe Jam talk about the lyrics. He's already mentioned a show or two back what they're about. Okay, let's hand it over to Toe Jam. I wonder if he's going to mention the Steely Dan album, Pretzel Logic. Let's <laughs> see how we go. <laughs> Toe Jam? I've never, never heard of that before. So, yeah, I think this is one of the stronger tracks on the album. Um, I've always liked the sound of it. I've always liked the music of it. Uh, like everyone said, it's just it's just chunky, and the buzz tone on the bass and the chorus is just awesome. I think the whole idea of pretzel body, like I think that's Prince talking, and it's like his logic. It's kind of like I've actually kind of grown to not like the lyrics, but appreciate them a little bit more because I think he's basically saying like you know he's a bit of a scatterbrain, and that's the pretzel body logic, and that he's sleepy, he's on the tarmac, and but he wants the cutie pie drivers, and it's it's kind of cool actually. Uh, I think I've I've grown to like the lyrics a bit more. My my first dislike of this song was the fact that it was a song about being sleepy, which is kind of a bit yeah. silly. It's still a bit silly to me, but I like the way it's like Prince talking about himself. He's 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 sending him up himself in a good way. And I I think that that's good. But like like Captain said, that slide in the middle, that, that makes the chorus just so much better. Mm. That's cool. I love the instrumental section in the middle where you have the guitars doubling up and doing little runs together. That That's cool, that section. And there's just the snare in this. The snare just pops, doesn't it? It's just such a cool s- snare sound. And then, you know, like Prince classically does, he then doubles the snare with the hand claps. And it's just, I love that sound. It sounds so cool. I haven't got a lot more to say about it. It's one of the stronger songs, probably my second, third favorite, depending. I don't mind the acapella in I think that's all right. And I like the way it finishes nice and clean as well. Just don't off. So, yeah, great song. Yeah. Actually, when you were saying about the pretzel body and that's his logic and all that, he's, he's had that, a bit of that throughout his career. You know, like um, butterscotch curly hair, which he has some drawers on and, you know, mashed potato fuzz tone. You know, all that yeah. sort of stuff in common, and, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff. So Just a bunch of random, random words, words together, together, which mean yeah. nothing. Yeah. 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 But he's sort of, he's always sort of had that. And this is like in that sort of same sort of vein. I'm thinking, you know, that line where he says, we're both too sleepy to get the gun. Captain, that reminded me of the NASA go get the gun comment. (laughs) (laughs) NASA's too sleepy to get the gun. Oh, that's what it was. He was doing a, he's put a joke in there for us. Good on you, Prince. Good job. First two songs relating to meeting Peach and Black in uh, New York in October 2010. Brilliant. Yep. Let's see. Let's go for the third. Third three in a row. (laughs) I think my favourite moment of the song is when those guitars are doing that. Squirrel! That note there, that's my favourite. Mm. That rocks that note. Yeah. It's crazy how rocking this song is to me after the lukewarm reception I gave it initially. Now it's like a complete. That's great. Banging rock song. It's wonderful. It's tremendous. It's fantastic. It's logical. <laughs> it's the logical song. It's the second song on the album, and let's go into track number three right now. Ooh. It is entitled... Do you want the fan vote? Oh, sorry, player. So, the... <laughs> so player, how did this score in the fan vote? Uh, it rated really highly. 52% like it, and 21% love it. So, still, and it's, it still rates highly. Only 14% thought it was neutral, 8% dislike it, and only 2% hate it. So, oh, how did another... you hate? Maybe they just hate the first 12 seconds. Yeah, I Maybe. reckon that's a lot of people. Maybe yeah. they got through the first 10 seconds and just pushed stop and then go, yeah, I hate that. But, they, but they didn't actually hear the rest of it. It's life. Some people like things that others don't. Like, you and I, Captain, we don't like 
that intro. Player and Toe Jam don't mind the intro, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, I don't love it, but mind. I don't mind it, yeah. But really, out of Prince's whole catalogue, there's maybe only five songs that I would say hate. You know, there's lots. There's a few songs I say I dislike. But... Yeah. And the fans uh, rate this fifth highest. Fifth highest fifth track on the... out of 12. 12, yeah. See, this is better than um, WoW to me. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> oh, you know what we haven't mentioned yet? That every track in this album is one word. And we reviewed every track with one word. <laughs> Almost. Almost. Mostly. Almost. I kind of screwed that up. Okay, with that, let's go to track number three, Ain't Turning Round. No! Toe Jam. I really like this song. I know a lot of people... (gasps) Controversy. What? (laughs) I know a lot of people, maybe some of these members on the panel here, uh, (laughs) aren't a big fan of this song. I I think it's cool. I just love the riff. It starts, you know, it starts, I think, oh, yeah, what's this song all about? And then that riff comes in, that... That's just rocking all the way. And then that bend on the second time, Mm. awesome stuff. The vocals, well, I guess we're going to have to go into the vocals. Okay, so Hannah Ford singing this one, and I don't think she does it. A bad job. I think she does all right. I don't oh, mind. Oh, yeah, your pitch. The pitch of your voice went up. Then you're not telling the truth. <laughs> no, when when she gets to the court, the verses. I can see what people are saying. But when she gets to the, the screaming chorus, screaming. <laughs> well, sorry, well, you know what I mean. Like, hey, turn and I think it's. I think she does a good job. You did it um, again. That's it. <laughs> that's she does it. a really good that's job. It. <laughs> it's a really good song. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 I really like it. I really do. (laughs) Nose is growing. It's one man. (laughs) Does he live in Minneapolis? Oh. But um, the, okay. So the only thing I find kind of weird about this, and what I'm hearing from the lyrics is that it's it sounds like it's supposed to be sung from like an African American point of view. So uh, it makes perfect sense. Why? Hannah yeah. Singing so it? it makes very strange <laughs> sense having a white woman sing it. So that's such a minimal complaint. But it's just I did notice that. And I'm sure other people have noticed that too. I love the when it go it goes. I don't know that the tempo really changes. Just the drum beat changes. So it sounds more urgent in the second verse that's cool so it's there's lots of changes in this song it's slow then there's a big massive rock riff then it speeds up so that's kind of cool it changes a lot but for me the ending from 135 onwards is when it gets to that bit that's reminiscent of family name uh, when it just goes back and forth between those three notes that's so cool that section for me i love it i think one of the times might even be the first time where it pans one of them's on the left and the next one's on the right next one's on the left again and that's so cool that section and then it goes into that big crazy solo with the big feedback at the end with um a whole lot of strange words about Donna's brain ultrasound. I can't even make out everything that's being said there. <laughs> They're uh, apologizing. That's, yeah, that's cool, that part. Um, this song asks to be played, to be turned up loud, and when you turn it up loud, it's a, it's a rocking song. I think it's cool. I think this would go off live. I'm not sure if he's played it yet, but I can just imagine so many people just starting to bang their heads when that riff comes in and the, and the big rock beat comes in. It's something I think I would look forward to going to a Third Eye Girl show. If they ever come to Australia. Yeah, if they ever do. Okay, what are your thoughts on song number three? Wow, this is a pretty manic song, especially towards the end, like Tojem said. I'm kind of neutral to this track. I'm not really sure how to take it. I mean, lyrically, it seems to suggest once they've found the truth, they're no longer in pain and they're not turning back or not turning around. Haha. <laughs> the most interesting <laughs> lyric is the last verse, which in a nutshell suggests to get somewhere in life, you need to help yourself instead of relying on others, which he's covered in his music previously. So that's pretty cool, That the way that ends. Vocally, the delivery reminds me of something 
I can't for the life of me put my finger on. It just sounds familiar. Musically, it sounds very full, especially that fuzz turn on Eda's bass, what she's got going on with the bass there. And the last section sounds identical to the verses in Sister on Dirty Mind. Just the way that... It just reminds me of Sister, the last part. And then it goes into that psychedelic manic guitar and the distortion trip by the end of it. And I'm just like, you know, what what was that? So overall, it's good, but in a confusing kind of way. Again, it's all about the energy. I think that's a good word, confusing, for this song, actually. Yeah, it is. And with that, here are my thoughts. <laughs> From the first time I heard this song to the most recent time I heard this song, I thought, like Toe Jam and Play Out, there's a good energy. The, the melody is really grooving. The second half in particular is nice and heavy with a lot of big chord changes and great fuzzy bass playing by Ida and powerhouse drumming by Hannah on the drums and a semi-Brian May type guitar solo by Donna Grantis, uh, at least to my ears. And all these musical things that I'm just talking about or that I've just mentioned are really redeeming qualities of the song. The thing that lets it down for me and why I'm not uh, fond of it are Hannah's vocals, and I've mentioned that before. I'm not going to go into detail about her singing on this track or on this album, but I will say that I don't enjoy it, and it is what it is. Uh, Captain, what are your thoughts? So that's that's your opinion, is it? Yeah, it is my opinion. Well, that opinion is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. There's no such thing as an objective opinion. Okay, Captain. (laughs) Okay, first off, I love the sound of the bass on this track all the way through it. It changes. There's fuzzy in parts, it's clear in others, but it just sounds great. Uh, There's a great riff in the chorus. I don't have any idea what the lyrics are about. I just like the line, everything comes from sound. That's a good line. Uh, I like the bridge, which I think a few people do not like. I mean, it's it's a total pop, you know, middle-eight bridge, which is a great thing in my books. And I really like Prince's backing vocals in that bridge as well. Nice harmonies, it's good stuff. Another great lyric, Prince the Comedian, maybe the hand you're looking for is at the end of your arm. <laughs> yeah, I like that lyric. Just not a- what a funny, great but line! I, it's a good line, yeah. It's about that helping re- yourself. That's a joke I remember from when I was like five years old. And, oh, you know, in Himalaya, the Andes, the mountains, this kid joke was, where are the Andes? And the answer is, at the end of your armies. It's just the most spastic <laughs> five-year-old joke. And that's what this reminds me of every time I hear it. It's just stupid. Anyway, uh, at 147, we have a totally mental guitar solo by Donna. And I thought in the past that Donna had a long way to go to, you know, constructing a great guitar solo. But after a lot of listens, I think I actually prefer the the manicness and unpredictability of this one. Because you just don't know what's going to happen next. It's just all over the place. And I'm actually starting to like it. Then to close out this one at 239... We hear a voice that, to me, sounds very similar to the voice on the end of another great track called Right the Wrong, a favorite, favorite song of mine. As soon as I heard it, I was like, it's right, it's the Right the Wrong guy. It's him. He's come back to this track. It's great. I don't know. I have no idea what he's saying, but it's the guy from Right the Wrong. That's my uh, official opinion. Get over it. As for Hannah's vocals on our first impressions... I think I said Hannah's singing was better than I had expected, but I did agree with MC who said there wasn't really any emotion behind those vocals. But then the more I listened to this track and this album, while I still sort of agree with what MC said, I think this track doesn't really have much emotion behind it anyway, so that doesn't apply here. Uh, aren't you missing the absence of a, of, of a Prince lead vocal on this? 
Doesn't it drag? It would be better with it somewhere else. I have got in my notes here. You can look at this as yet another track by Prince, where he put someone else on the vocals, or you can look at it as this is a track on the debut album by Third Eye Girl, and then in that way, it's fine because that's what it is. Yeah, this like um, there's plenty like Primus. Like, they're a rockin' band, but that guy's vocals aren't very strong. That's one of the primary reasons why I don't listen to them, is because exactly yeah, what you I mean, just like, said. But it's that organic thing, me. you know? It's like, it's not a, this song, it's not about the vocals. It's, it's about them as a group kind of thing. Maybe they, should, may, maybe they should have left the vocals off. You know, like, Plectrum Electrum is an instrumental track. This would kill as an instrumental-only track. I think there's very few people who listen to Primus for the great mm. vocals. Mm. It's all about the bass, and that's it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, Hannah. Hannah, Hannah Ford Welton. I will go on record as saying Hannah sounds great on this track. I'm with Toe Jam. Yeah, I in, think her voice is all right. You think she sounds great? I wouldn't say great. I'm not, don't put me in there I with would great. Say, I would say in parts, like in the chorus, great. You know, she couldn't have sung it any better. <laughs> That's Hannah. exactly my point. But, other people <laughs> Hannah, but no one else sang it. She did, and I think she did a good job. You know, we can all argue, oh, it would have been better if Prince had sung it or whatever, but of course we would because we're Prince fans, and that's why we want to hear because we want to hear Prince. That's what we're here for. But I just think of it, it's a Third Eye Girl track, so one of the girls sings it, no problem. Good job. Do you want to hear what the fans have to say? Yes, please. The fans vote this ninth on the album, so ninth out of 12. The most tick box for this song was neutral at 38%. Only 10% love it and 30% like it, 14% dislike it, and 5% hate it. Oh, okay. Can you answer this? Was this the most hated track? Uh, no. Oh, no, okay. Surely not. Surely not. No, no, we'll get to that. We will get to that. (laughs) Okay, with that moving on to track number four, it is the title track of this album, Plectrum Electrum. Plectrum Electrum, the song is for me a standout, guys. This is an instrumental worthwhile of this and any other Prince release. This is the band showing off great musical chops, a great full sound reminiscent of much of Jeff Beck's recent studio material and recordings. And it's nearly flawless. In fact, I'll say it is flawless because as far as instrumental rocking songs go, this is up there as one of his greatest. And if this is in fact a Donna Grantis composition, all the more power to her and she deserves all the credit she gets great guitar soloing by both Donna and Prince and the other thing I'll add is if this is a one take recording which we think may be the case yeah in that Yahoo stream yeah if we can say with with certainty that that is the same that this studio version is the same as what was shown on the video as part of the live stream um, event recently exactly the same it's it okay well then that's What else can you say? That's just pure musical magic. Recorded in one take, live played by a band. This is the thing that I've been waiting for for years from Prince. We all hear it and see it and experience it at his live shows. And finally, now, it's properly been documented on an album. But I'm talking about the song, not the entire album itself, just as a side note. This is a rocking, blisteringly good instrumental song. And Prince's solo towards the end of this song is one of the best he's laid down in a very long time. It's so fresh and effortless. I mean, on, on that video, he's playing as if he's not even really playing. He's just kind of like doodling. 
and he comes out with this stunning, mm. stunning result. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Stunning. Tremendous. Fas- <laughs> fascinating. Player, oh, what we'll are stop your- that. So, sorry. <laughs> Player, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. This is a great instrumental track that epitomizes the essence of what Third Eye Girl is. It really serves the function of stretching out with all the solos of each band member. It captures the live sound and all in one take straight to tape. This is primarily Donna's contribution being a spin-off of her song, which is based on a Led Zeppelin song. And that vibe definitely comes through, I think, when listening to it. And you get the sense it's Donna's contribution when you look in the uh, Plectrum Electrum booklet where it's just the picture of Donna and, you know, she's got her guitar and I don't know if it's a Jimi Hendrix reference. It's probably not, but her guitar's upside down like Jimi. I don't know. The photo's reversed because the headstock, the letters are backwards. But, you know, it's it's cool. It's definitely a solid track. And, you know, if you want to put it on and rock out, like this is definitely the one to turn to. Captain, are you digging this? I like this one. Instrumental stuff is great and this is a good one. So, yeah, everyone's already said it. This song is based on a track by Donna, which I think was called Electra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then that was also sort of based off a riff of some Led Zeppelin or some other song. There's not a lot you can say about the instrumental. I can't say the vocals are garbage. There's no vocals. It sounds great. 246, Prince's solo is classic. Uh, it's classic Prince, just great all the way through. It's a great track, and I hope we get to hear it in Australia one day. Well, I've already heard it, but it's Kiss not all about me. my artichoke. <laughs> I heard this live in Montreux 2013, and with that, let's go to Toe Jam to round out his thoughts of the song Plectrum Electrum. Yeah. I'm in agreement with you guys. I think this is tied as my favourite song on the album. It starts like, I think WoW starts the same way, doesn't it? With a big boom, 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 big lead in. And so I've had this on my, I've had both these albums in my car, like playing random. And so whenever it starts with boom, 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 I'm always like, oh, is it going to be, is it going to be um, WoW or is it going to be Flexible Electrum? Or so, Fix Your Life Up. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the <laughs> other one. Yeah, I think you guys have all said it's just big bluesy riffs and really like memorable riffs as well. So obviously great writing by Donna. So yeah. In the, a few of these print interviews, a lot of people have been asking about this track, and she said the story that, yeah, yeah, it's her song, but she also says that Prince rearranged it. Rearranged, so yeah. I think you can hear the elements, like the princey elements in there, and I like the way, you know, everyone gets a little few seconds, like Donna gets a few, she gets a solo, Prince gets a solo, Edie gets a few little bass things here and there, and Hannah gets some stop drum solo parts. And also, interesting in those print interviews, saying that none of the songs will, and I think you can hear it on this one, weren't played to a click, and yeah. the tempo there's a few times where the kind of thing, oh, the tempo's not fully, but I think that adds to it because it, it gives it that real organic sound. And when you when you listen to Led Zeppelin, that sort of stuff, you can pick times where they, you know, speed up or slow down a little bit. And so, you know, we shouldn't be complaining about that. And I'm not because I think it gives it a really organic thing. And I, I've played this song to quite a few people now who aren't Prince fans. But I remember when this the first half of the video came out last year or, or the year before or something. I've showed that to a lot of people, and so many people are impressed by that, which is good. A lot of people that you wouldn't think would care to listen to Prince stuff at all actually really like this so it's good to have those sort of songs to convert people because they have to be converted <laughs> that's your mission <laughs> <laughs> no but you know you're always like oh this is a song that I could actually show people and they'd appreciate you know I gave up trying to play Prince songs to people a long oh, yeah, time like, ago yeah I'm just saying it's, it's always nice when you do have a song that you can do that mm. but you're right Toe Jam this is a great showcase of yeah. all the band members not only individually but as a as a band they work so well together and one thing I forgot to mention while I was talking about it was how solid Hannah's drumming sounds and how much personality there is in her drumming on this track. I find mm. that it really, she colours the song really interesting. 
interesting ways. She doesn't play just the stand, your standard fair. Her, her own personality is coming through the sticks. And I think the same can definitely be said for Donna on, on the guitar end, without a doubt, Ida, who's holding down... We'll, we'll, I'll get to her at the end, but she's holding down some, some awesome rock and bass, bass lines. Some funky, some some rock bass, but all of them are stunning, in my opinion. So Yeah, so it's just, it's just a great song. Probably, like I said, Tide is my favourite song with something else. All right, all right. Well, we'll go into something all else. Right, track, all right, all right. The track fan number. Vote. <laughs> Sorry, fan vote. <laughs> I'll never learn. Okay, for the fan vote, 47% like this track and 36.97 love this track. So Ooh, around wow. 83, 80. yeah, 83, 84% either love or like the track. So it's uh, the fourth highest track voted on this album. So it's right up there. So this is what people love the most, right? This is what they want to hear. Four people no. jamming in a room? Well, yeah, I mean, like, in that sort of context, yes, but there is higher tracks than this that we're getting to. Okay, we'll get to them. Let's move on to track number five. It is White Caps. I saw white caps on the water, but that's okay. White Caps. Toe Jam, why don't you start us off? Um, I like this song. <laughs> I love it when he starts like, oh, oh. I love this song. <laughs> the checks in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> no, I find this a okay. I'll be I'll be brutally honest. It's not my favorite song on the album. It is a little bit skippable to me. That said, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a nice little song. Has a nice little vibe about it. And like it, but it's basically you know it goes from I think it might be A major to G major and just sort of goes back between those. And there's one little nice interesting chord every now and then. But it's kind of standard to me. And it's nothing. I've never listened to this song and thought, wow, that's a great song. I need to listen to that. Again. Again, it's always just oh yeah that that's a nice little song some nice little plucking away guitar solos from Prince but it sounds to me like the vocals I'm, I'm sure the lyrics are meaningful in some way but I haven't analyzed them enough to have an, an opinion but the vocals themselves don't really strike me as being powerful not that they need to be perhaps but I think this is probably the third most skippable it's okay it's it's all right that's all I'll say okay player okay to be honest when I heard the preview that came out before the album release. I wasn't really excited at all. I, pl- I only played it once and thought it was pretty forgettable. But one thing I took from it was I thought Hannah's vocals were pretty good. They had a nice tonality to them. However, listening to the song in the context of the album and with more repeated listens, I like this track. I think it's a nice breather after the first four tracks, which is really sort of hard rock. And so it has this nice sentiment and, you know, it's, it's about, you know, feeling okay after some sort of loss. Musically, it's very open and breezy. There's lots of expression in the bass lines from Ida. Just focus on that while listening to this on headphones. I can't really imagine Prince singing this one on his own. Yes, you can hear him low in the mix on headphones during the choruses, but overall, I think it's a solid track. When I get a visual in my head of this song, I can see the I Wish You Heaven video with the girls and it scrolling along and butterflies floating around and stuff. And I'm not in any way comparing this song to I Wish You Heaven, not by a long shot, but I get the same kind of vibe in my mind whilst listening to this like if they filmed a video it would kind of look like that so yeah it's White Caps I actually like this song I think White Caps to me is a nice slow tempo atmospheric pop song 
little bit about longing and loss and getting over things in life. It's got some great guitar strums, some nice guitar picking and some really melodic bass lines from Eda. Lyrically, it's interesting, it's introspective, it's philosophical. And I think if Prince had been on this as the lead vocal, I know Player, I think it was Player that mentioned uh, he wasn't sure how this would sound with a Prince vocal. I can't can't imagine him singing this song. I think every song on this album would sound great, (laughs) at the very least better, with a Prince lead vocal on it. Of course. And it's just... You know, I, I just yeah, I can't, for, can't for get me, over that, it. That could be the difference between, like I said, it was an okay song. And I think that could be, if I imagine if there was a Prince vocal on it or, or maybe even someone else, it might have lifted it a bit, but it's just get, kind of plateau for me. Yeah, I, I mentioned this in my first impressions of this album and I can't get around it personally when I listen to this, particularly on headphones, because when you listen to something on headphones, at least I find that it's such a more personal experience. You feel like you're in, you know, enclosed in this private universe. And this is another skipper for me, not because the music's bad, not because the song's uninteresting, not because I don't like it. I think, like I said, it's melodically great. It's pleasant. It's melodically pleasant. It's atmospheric. I'm digging the song, but Hannah's vocals, they don't come across. She doesn't sell it. And that's why I'm lukewarm about white caps. You know, sometimes when you listen to music, everyone's got their own opinion, but some people like certain voices. Some people love listening to certain singers. I am not captivated by her voice and it is what it is, like I said, so better to move on. Uh, Captain, what are your thoughts? This song is the most skippable track on this album. I'm very surprised to hear you say that, actually. (laughs) I just don't find anything attracting me to this song at all. And I don't think it has anything to do with who's singing the vocals. I think even if Prince was singing it, I think it's just, there's just nothing in this song. Okay, Captain. Like like Kojan said, there's two chords and maybe another one, and that's it. There's just nothing. Captain, sorry to interrupt you, but do you like Shy off the Gold Experience? (sighs) Sort of. That's way better than this. That's not my favourite truck of the gold experience. In hot virgin whitecaps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some nice bass, there's some nice guitar, and that's about it. I mean, player said Prince comes in in the, the backing vocals, and it just, I don't know, there's just nothing in this song at all for me. Is it musically, or is it the whole thing as a as a The whole production? thing, musically, I mean, I didn't really listen to the lyrics, except something, whitecaps today, that's all I hear. Whitecaps on the water. Okay, so she's just singing about a wave. So excited by that. Nothing. Nothing at all. All right. With with that, let's go into track number six for a Fan, more energetics. Sorry, fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. To You'll get it on the last <laughs> song. Okay, the most tick box for White Caps was the like one at 36%, and wow. Love and Neutral got 26% each. So only um, 10% disliked it. And the so rest what total of, of like? Total of like, 36%. And, and like any loves? 26. 26. So that's 50. Yeah, okay. The last one was 80. Yeah, so there's a significant dip there. Yeah. Well, in the fan vote, this is the seventh highest track. So there's, according to the fans, seven other songs better than this one. Did you did you say the hate for this one? Only 0.84%. Ooh, yeah, less than 1%. Wow. This, I hate the song. I don't hate it. It's to me. I would be. I would neutral because this is just nothing to me. I can see people being sitting on the fence on about this one. It's funny. Like I really like ain't turning around, but I can understand if people actually said they hated that song. Whereas with this song, I'm not a big fan of it, but it, it makes no sense to me to say that they hate, they hate it. So. Mm, hardly any of the fans hate, actually hate this song. It's less than one percent. Mm. I wonder how much of that comes to the to, to Hannah's vocals, and I only say that not to continually bring up the point, but. 
I find that a lot of what we're hearing from people that are talking to us about the album, a lot of people are mentioning maybe uh, the fact that they don't find that they're captivated by Hannah's vocals on Ain't Turning Around, whereas on Whitecaps, it's, you know, take it or leave it. And and possibly the reason for that is that Whitecaps is slow to mid-tempo, her vocals come across better. It's more within her natural range. She's not pushing her voice that much. Therefore, it works. Just because I don't particularly enjoy it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. But some of her vocals on this album, I think, are pushed too far and rant over. Okay, so if you say that, then you're, you're not saying she's a bad singer. You're just saying if she's been pushed out of her comfort zone, obviously you'll hear that. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, she might have just gone in and just sung it, and then Prince is like, no, 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 push it, you know, do this, do that, mm. which might have been more than she wanted to do, and maybe she thought she wasn't capable, but she tried it anyway. Let me put it another and way. And then you're hearing it going, yeah, I can hear that that's not, it's just not right. I think every human being has an ability to sing. Within a very limited range, every human being has the ability to carry a tune with the right level of practice and attention and care. And on white caps, it comes across within her range. Just because I don't love it doesn't mean there's anything, you know, people have their own opinions. But but on, on Ain't Turning Around and on some other songs on this album, I think, she, yeah, it's strained. And some people sound good when they strain their voice. Prince is an example. James Brown is another example. Sly's an example. Some people do, some people don't. What else do you want to, you know, what else can you possibly say about that? Okay, I'll ask you this. We all love Vanity and Apollonia and all that, but they didn't have, like, the strongest voice. Yeah, they had worse voices than Hannah. Yeah, yeah. that's who what says, I'm saying. Who says, I don't, I don't love Vanity or Apollonia. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. talking about, like, just... I like their lingerie range. I don't know about their singing <laughs> ability. But that's what I'm saying. Like, they weren't, the, like, the strongest vocalists either. And they were, that was, like, the days before Pro Tools and Auto-Tune and all that. Mm. Like, you know, you know, for what it is, like, it's... It's it's not too bad. It's not like great. Like okay, maybe on um, like turn it around. Like there's parts where it gets a bit grating where she's screaming it. But like in a track like this, it's it's just it's, I think it has a nice tonality. It's not like oh my god, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. It's just where she where she screams. I think that's the best part. You know, turn it around. Andy Arlo has nice tonality to me. Yeah, she does. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the difference has, is Andy has a unique voice. Yeah, the, she but the difference is Andy huge amounts of personality Andy, to it, Andy, sensuality, all that kind of stuff. But Andy is a singer. Like Hannah is a drummer. Like yeah. things not her like number one mm-hmm. instrument. Like really, Andy Allo, her instrument is a voice. That's right. Did Toe Jam bring this up? I think in first impressions where he talked about Sheila E. Yeah, and Sunny and T. She she turned up to drum, and then he's like, "No, there's a microphone. Sing a song." That could have been very likely what happened here in a studio environment. That's a good confidence thing, you know. If you if you're in a comfort zone as just like a, a drummer or like a one instrument person, I think he's just trying to bring out different things in in people or whatever. Like, so it's an admirable thing to do. He brings out vocal qualities in Hannah that work incredibly well, in my opinion, on a lot of the background vocals on this album. I have to admit, a lot of it is really good. In fact, some of the other girls also get in on that action. And I think they sound really good backing up Prince. You know what else we haven't like considered in the whole equation? If Prince moves on from Third Eye Girl and these girls want to do and continue this... 
someone's going to have to sing the songs. They can't just be an instrumental band. So, you know, maybe that's the theory behind it. Maybe, like, okay, you need to sing some songs so that, you know, if you move on, like, you can continue this, you know, sort of thing. Maybe that's the thought behind it, that one of them had to put their hand up for the singing part of it. And track number six is a single that was released, I think, from memory, middle of 2013. Yeah, about six years ago, I think. And it's about halfway through this album. It's <laughs> called Fix Your Life Up. From what you value the most. Captain. I really like this song. Sort of this rock slash pop hybrid thing that really works for me. There's this poppy type verse with really nice clean bass sounds and then just this screaming rocking chorus. Some great harmonies in this song. Probably my favourite part in this whole song is the, the, the seventh note right before the chorus. It's just excellent. Perfect. And he then uses it again right at the start of the chorus as well. Oh, it's good stuff. Uh, then there's the insane solo part with the guitar solo and bass just blowing your head off. This is one of my favourite songs on this album, The End. Alright, alright. Player, what are your thoughts on this? I've always liked this track since it came out. I'm happy it made the album. The chord progression is different and fresh for Prince to be pulling it out this far in his career, and it's also pretty haunting, I think. I really dig it. It's recorded really nicely, and it sounds bombastic. Lyrically, it has some great lyrics straight out of the gate, like, tell me how some people walk in the sun while others walk in the dark. I think that's a great lyric. And he also kind of alludes to this on one of the tracks on Unofficial Age album, too, but I'll point that out when we get to that review. The last minute or so is Musical Bliss, just the nice riffing between Donna and Nita in that section. I think this is a cool track. And Toe Jam, tell us what you think of this. Yeah, I think this is probably, or I, I was going to say before Plectrum Electrum plus this as my favourite, but I realise there's one other coming up that's probably, so those three, I think this is, this one, Plectrum Electrum and something else is my favourite, Tideford favourite song on the album. Um, yeah. I've always liked it since the album came out. I, re- I do remember the very first time I listened to it. I remember thinking the ending was just messed up and that it, it just seems like a tacked on ending but i love that ending now it's like just the speed changes and it's fast and rocking and then that bass part at the end right at the very end that's just like drips of funk that's so slippery and so gooey it's awesome (laughs) i like what everyone said i like it's sort of like sounds like it's got a bit of a chorus effect on the guitars and the bass through the verses and you just feel it building and building until you get the stop and then you need to fix your life up. And it's just bang straight into it. Really good when you're in kind of a bit of a, a mood to listen to this song. I like the general tone of the lyrics, but there are some kind of throwaway ones as well. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of the girl with a guitar, 12 times better. Like, okay, another one of his, you know, I'm a musicologist and no one else is as good as me. <laughs> um, yeah, I like the, the vibe of the song, though. It's just got a really edgy vibe and, you know, confronting as well. So I just really like the sound. It's really chunky and rocky. I think it could have done with one more verse. It seems to get to that fast outro a little bit too early, and I just think, because I'm, I'm so into the song at that point, and as much as I love that last section, I just feel, oh, I wish I had one more verse just to go through that phrase again. Yeah, it does. Uh, it, it ends too soon. I've, I found that. Yeah. Like, I, I'll I put it on to play it, and then before I know it, it's over. And I'm like, no, again. Yeah, yeah, so it's one of the highlights of the album, I think. I can't disagree with that. It's a good, solid, part socially conscious song. Really a call to arms, to all people to live a more balanced, meaningful life. Swooshing guitars, distorted drums, propelling bass... 
and gritty, real gritty vocals from the man. A lot of sick bass lines and funk attitude on this track. A great live song as well. One of the strong songs on this release. I also, like you guys, feel like it goes by too quick. I don't know whether it's too short or whether I'm just having too much fun listening to it. Some really good lyrics in here. Some great lines about you always get the dream that you deserve. Is that the lyric? Yeah. Brilliant songwriting. Yeah, but I didn't like the lyric. Well, I do. <laughs> We're like Margaret and David so on, the, that, on the movie show. <laughs> what, what, what I don't like about those kind of lyrics is that, okay, so does that mean people who have a shit life, oh, well, they deserved it? No, I think you're taking it way too literally. Yeah. I'm I think it's... it's <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that's my yes, concern, and though, and it's, that's my concern with some of Prince's... Isn't that no. similar to the the hand is at the end of your arm helping yourself and you know fixing? Yeah, that's up. that's all right. Well, I think it, this it's is a the similar same. theme. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, a similar, similar theme. theme. Okay, like I think it means like if you're having a bad life in a way, it's you know you yourself that needs to make that change to make it better or something. Yeah, which is true. Yeah, I just want, but it's like always like mm. um, you said something like most of the time, <laughs> <laughs> or it may improve your chances. <laughs> but it's always yeah I, I for some reason I don't kind of tag onto that as a as a completely literal interpretation of I've got someone to say about that and I only thought of it this afternoon is that sort of idea that I was just listening to this album not specifically any song but there's just and the whole Prince mantra lately is you know oh you should just surround yourself with positive people and don't be negative and everything will be great that's great if you're in the position that you can do that exactly but 99.9999% of people cannot do that they don't live in their own world where they can do whatever they want, surround themselves with whoever they want. Yeah. You know, he's, I, he, he's like one of the only people on earth who are in that position. And I maybe a bunch you. of other rich celebrities who can do whatever they want. Normal people can't do that. You go to work with a bunch of losers. <laughs> they're, they're as negative as anything and there's nothing you can do about it. You've well, got to listen to them just whinge and bitch all day. Yeah. But you don't and, have and to. The whole, um, no, but this the is whole... the thing. You don't have to, guys. I think you're taking it way too. Oh, okay. He's saying... Okay, and say, I'll quit my job and you can just pay me a salary for the rest of my life. <laughs> How about that? Dude? I find it is right. a bit, it is, I'm being a bit negative now, but it is a little bit of a slap in the face where it's like, you need to fix your life up. And it's like, well, you know, some people are trying bloody hard and it's mm. still not happening. So, to, oh no, it's because you don't deserve it. It's like, but I think it, the, the song isn't about people that are giving it a good go and that are trying to get out of the rut or the hole or the, the society that they're living in and try and make a better life for themselves. I think this is about people that are hands behind their back in a parked yeah. car, all that kind of stuff. And it's, you always get the dream that you deserve, meaning based on what you value. Yeah, that's what the lyric is, from what you value the most. If you value money, if you value fame, if you value an idea of success, all those sorts of things. I mean, that's what I get out of it, but yeah. it's, again, it's definitely again, it's getting that, us that talking. Again, it's first line about why people walk in the sun and walk in the dark. Like, people make that choice. So, you know, if you, you know, if you're negative or you're, you know, if you look at things bad, then that's all that you're going to get sort of thing. Yeah, but that's what I said. Most people don't have the choice between whether yeah. you can be all surrounded by everything positive on earth. That's, that's exactly. true. And everything but that's you, not. That's true. But you do have a choice about one thing and that's your state of mind. Yeah, but when you're so surrounded by negative crap, it's very hard to get away from that. True. Even if, everything even that's if, worthwhile. Even if different. you want to be as positive as you can possibly be. And you're still surrounded by all this negative stuff. It's not easy. It's not easy. I'll tell you a personal story. Like my dad has this saying that he says all the time. He's like, he says to me, "Life's full of misery and disappointments." And like, I always hate when he said that because 
to me, like, if that's your mentality, then that's the way you see life. So, like, if you have that mind state, that's all you see. And so, like, every time he said that to me, I sort of, like, blocked it out because I don't want to, like, look at it that way. You don't want to think about that. Yeah, so and that's, I, that's the kind of thing that I pick up out of this song as well. I mean, I can see Captain's point, and, yeah, you go to a shit job or a, you know, and, you know, sometimes you're stuck in your ways in that, but, like, your, your mind state, like, you can choose the way you think, you know, okay, I am in a bad job or whatever, but I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah, make, I, I you know, agree with you, player. Yeah. yeah. It's like your state of mind is is the magnet that creates your reality. It's the mechanism that creates your reality. If your state of mind is, is ruined, or if your state of mind is negative just because everything around you is, then what hope have you got? Mm. Exactly. But but I do but I do see Captain and Toe Jam's point. I just think that this is a song like I've played this song countless times since the album's has been released and it really uplifts me. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna actually Yeah, it does. I'm gonna do something. I am gonna make changes that instead of just talking about them, you know, I am gonna put things into action. Because it's up to me. You can't change the things around you, but you can change change the way you think about them. So anyway. It's it's like those, you know, in like a workplace, those toxic people that always see things negatively, you know? And it's like, well, okay, if that's all that you think, that's all that you're going to get. Sounds like some of our listeners, player. Maybe. <laughs> that's definitely true. Uh, speaking of listeners... The- yeah, so, uh, so MC, you've got you've to be positive when you're listening to Hannah's vocals. <laughs> <laughs> Getting to the fan vote, they voted this sixth highest track. Between Like and Love, it's uh, 66%. So 30.25 mm. love this song and 36.97 like it. So it's right up I there. wonder if the song hadn't already been released for a year and it came out higher. Hmm. Yeah, it would have been rated heaps higher, I think. It's yeah. only because people think, oh, yeah, we know the song, Skip. Yeah. Maybe. I kind of get that impression with sort of Breakfast Can Wait, but I'll get that too. Yeah. Artificial Age. Okay. So- song number seven Boy Trouble. Who am I going to choose for this one? <laughs> I can tell people are getting rearing to go. Toe Jam, what are your thoughts on Boy Trouble? I love the bass in this song. The bass oh, is yeah. banging all the way through. And following Player's idea, if you look at the lyric book, it's it's a big picture of Eda Nelson. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's like directly her baseline that she's come up with, or it wouldn't even surprise me if it's from an older song, because it sounds very similar to stuff she did on her solo album a couple of years ago. That whole song is, is, a, is a bass feature to me. So in that aspect, I love it. But everything else about it, I think is filler. I don't care for the chorus. I don't care for the vocals. I don't care for all the going on. I have no idea what's going on there. Um <laughs> It's it's a shame because it's such a cool bass thing. I, I think this would be better if it was just like a minute segue of just either thrashing out on the bass. Mm. That would have been better for this sort of thing, I think, rather than trying to make it into a full song because it just kind of spoils it, I think. And it makes it the second most skippable track on the album. Ooh. I've got to follow you up on that because the bass is nuts. The bass is popping. It's, it's nuts. Great locked-in groove between the drums and the bass guitar. Eater's popping all over the place. The rap makes it almost unlistenable for me. Mm. And Ruins it. Th- that combined with the vocals, I just can't enjoy it. I try and try and try and try and try and try. Can't enjoy it. Can't get into it. But the bass work and the groove of the song is so locked in and so tight. It's just a shame that... Uh, You've just got to be more positive. That's it is it. what it is, I guess so. It's funny, I remember listening to this the first time, and I remember thinking what I say on this show a lot of the times, and that is, it's funny the first time you hear it, and then every other time it's annoying. But I even remember thinking that the first time I heard it. 
So it's never been funny to me. I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, all that, the lyrics and stuff, but it's yeah. like, it's probably I, funny to them in the studio when they were doing it, but it's just, well, this is just sort of silly. I, I think the album would have been stronger without this song on it. So. I agree. Player. Okay, theme-wise, this song fits the album in a rebellious sense, but musically, like up against the rock sort of stuff, it's kind of out of place. Essentially, Third Eye Girl played back up to Lizzo and Sophia Eris. Is that how you pronounce it? And this might have been a cool outtake or one of those internet-only type releases or hidden track, but not for this particular project. I'm not hating on the song itself or the girls at all, but the contrast of this song to the rest of the album is kind of jarring. It's a, it's a little bit odd. I would have liked the lyrics as part of the booklet, but it's noticeably absent. I think once you, you focus out of the, the actual rapping and lyrics and you're listening to the instrumental, it is pretty bumping, actually. I tried to take the song for what it is, and I can see where they were going for it, but on its own, taking Prince completely out of the equation, it's good, but stacked up against the other tracks, it's one of the weakest on this album. And Captain. Okay, I think people have already been predicting that I'm going to love this song, so let's go. I do not love this song. Can't you imagine some K-pop artist doing this track? Yeah, that'd be fine. (laughs) Okay. But I do like this, I think, more than I should, though, because I can relate this to some K-pop songs. So in that way, I like it. But the music itself, I mean, it's nothing groundbreaking, but, you know, there's funky bass, there's some funky hi-hat stuff in there, uh, especially the bass at about 323. But, yeah, overall, there's not a lot to it. There's some rapping. I don't even know who it is. It's not even any of the Third Eye Girl people. It's just somebody else just walked in the studio and goes, oh, I'm going to sing a rap. Okay, I don't understand. But what I, I don't like is that nonsense talking. It's just annoying. It sounds like some variation of that pig Latin gibberish crap, which I could never understand in my entire life. Uh, I never understood that. I never will. Uh, and the shouting, we don't give up. That's the same sort of annoying shouting at the start of Pretzel Body Logic. It's just, it annoys me. Here come the boys. <laughs> I don't mind that because that reminds me of K-pop for some reason. <laughs> I think it sounds really Spice Girlish. Yeah. Oh, when I'm listening to it. Seriously, I don't think the Spice Girls ever did a song as bad as this. Most of the Spice Girls songs were... I never know, listened to them to uh, make the they comparisons. Were, I, I can't judge that. <laughs> a lot of them were like classic pop tracks. You know, this doesn't touch... That, you know, it's nowhere near that level. I mean, yeah, like you said, player, I'd say this is the weakest track on the album, but for some reason, I still like it. I don't know why. I haven't figured that out. There's some really annoying things on this track, but I still like it. I, I don't know. Go with your gut, that, Captain. That's the magic of music. <laughs> it's really annoying, and I like it. That's my summary of this song. Captain likes boy trouble. That but there's, there's some right good parts. Well. There's, there's, there's some funky bass. There's the rap. I mean, the rap's not awful. I mean, she can rap. She's in time with the music. It's yeah. fine. But, you know, I don't listen to rap, so I'm not, I don't love it. But, you know, it's okay. All right. Well, let's what? keep this train yeah. moving. Speaking of trains, actually, what about? before we do that, what about the vote? <laughs> By our thousands of fans. Player. Okay, well, the fans sort of seem to agree. This got the wooden spoon. This got 12 out of 12. This is the last track that they voted. Only 11% ticked the love box on this one, and a massive 14% ticked the hate box. And there's everyone else in between. So, so this not a lot of people are feeling this one. So this is most hated track. In that particular box, yes. What, how many like? 11%. Uh, uh, like, sorry, mm, is yeah. 20, 29% like it. So only 40%. Yeah, 40%. 
either love or like it. So eleven percent, eleven percent love it. So I think we can clearly say at least eleven percent of all Prince fans just love absolutely everything he releases. <laughs> am I am I wrong? <laughs> I'm sure that same 11% love the wedding feast. They love everything Tony M ever did, just like me. <laughs> you know, not a bad track ever. Masterpieces, all of them. All the Midnight's Resolution, it's, it's all classic. <laughs> the Digital Garden, just masterpieces, every single one of them. Dig You Better Dead. Dig You Better Dead, I rock, therefore I am. <laughs> Captain, you didn't even realise it, but you just did your own little rap there. <laughs> At 11%. Uh, now we know. That's a good number to know. The morning Quick, chuck, chuck Captain's rap over and eat a baseline. Yeah. <laughs> the morning after and I'm pumping them. I'm pumping them. I'm pumping <laughs> Freaky deaky. Don't be sleepy. This is getting creepy. All right. Let's get back to it. Uh, see, anyone can rap. It's easy. Don't be sleazy. Go, let's get MC back to the Let's get back to the chain gang on this podcast of Plectrum Electrum, the official, unofficial album review. Track number eight, Stop This Train. I'm going to stop this train and never get back on. Player. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, again, this song is okay when you take it out of the Third Eye Girl context. Like, if Hannah and Josh had their own side album and this was on it, it would be perfect. But it's missing all the rock elements that is the predominant theme of this album. And again, the contrast is jarring between the organic live sound of all the other tracks. And this is crammed with super slick production. I think it's a little odd. I think the song itself is good. It's a nice duet with Hannah and Josh. It has the slight reggae feel to it. It has some nice bells that float around in the chorus section. But it begs the question, what is it doing here? Thematically, it's a bit like a square peg in a round hole, where an outtake like Screwdriver, for example, could have been that round peg. That's what I'm saying about this track. Yeah. Toe Jam. Um, I, I pretty much agree, 100%, with everything Player just said. I think I'm changing my mind, though. I think I said Boy Trouble's second most skippable. I think, actually, the more I think about it, I think that is the more skippable than this one. Because this one isn't terrible. Like, that one's kind of ruined by a few things. Whereas this one's not... The song itself isn't ruined it's just sort of a fairly bland song and it's sort of out of place on this album so for that respect i think boy trouble is probably the more skippable so i changed my mind on that point this is very skippable though having said that and for all the reasons player just said it's a mid-tempo nothing kind of song and stop is it stop this train or stop the album it's it's like this dig <laughs> these two songs in a row it's just a sort of dead patch in the album and but hmm. is it a title train wreck this song, no, the song itself isn't a train wreck, but it's a dip. It's a lull in the album, isn't yeah. it? These these two songs back to back. Yeah, definitely. You know, okay, about the song itself, I like Prince's vocals. It has a sort of cum sound to me. It sounds like it would have fit on that album or that sort of sound. Don't know why. Probably just the mid tempo um, and the big layered vocal that Prince does. Yeah. And it's a song about sleep again, isn't it? She can't get to sleep. If you're listening to this album at late at night, and I think by this song, you, this is probably the one that's going to send you to sleep. It's a sleeper, but not in the good sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not so, a train sleeper. Yeah. It's, it's not a bad song. I, I enjoy it when it's on, but it's very skippable. I find it hard to disagree with that. Yeah, it sounds way too sugary for my tastes. I knew you were going to say that. Might actually sound better out of the context of this album. Just like Boy Trouble might sound better outside the context of this yeah, album. Because I agree. I'd say it's safe to say most of the people that are listening to this, at least from the people I've spoken to and heard from, when they think of Plectrum Electrum, they think of Prince and his 
all-female backing band Rocking Out. And these two songs back-to-back, Boy Trouble and Now Stop This Train, they really slow it down and they also start playing with musical elements that are kind of foreign to this whole concept that many people were expecting. You know what yeah. I was you know what I was thinking, you know how Prince Strange. likes to on his albums, you know, give different types of genres that he can do. Look, and I, I can I, do I, reggae. Look, yeah. I can do rap. Look, I can do rock. Yeah, I think maybe he was going for the girls aren't like this one trick pony that only do rock. They can do these other things as well. And that's the only reason I reasoning in my head as to why these two tracks are here. Maybe just to sort of show some diversity, but in the context of the whole theme of the album, they, that's where they don't sort of fit. Yeah, I mean, if that was the intention, then he succeeded in showing yeah. how diverse they are, because they are quite diverse. But does it make a seamless album from a conceptual standpoint, and even from a flow standpoint? I spoke about this in our first impressions. I love listening to records, especially old school records, that have got great flow. I don't know why, but records generally back in the day seem to have better sequencing. I don't know, I don't know whether that was because they were recorded, primarily released on vinyl, and they were thinking about sides and you know what people do when they flip the record over. Who knows? I'm ranting now, so I'll stop. But the thing is... Well, also, too, it's like the you know iTunes age, where it's sort of a la carte, where it's just a singles market, where you pick and choose songs. So yeah, it is different. People don't think of the flow really as much anymore. Mm. And, even, and that's a really good point, actually, player. Even the, the, Prince the, said that only a couple of years ago, where he, he basically said, paraphrasing, albums are dead. It's all about singles. I'm not going to do any more albums. Yeah. Apparently, the internet was dead, too, remember? <laughs> Oh, don't take things out of context now. Uh, guilty. But he said that, and then, you know, he does come back with an album, which he said he wasn't going to do. So maybe he just forgot how to do, you know, really good sequencing, because, you know, some of his albums are just perfect sequencing. I'm also curious how much Third Eye Girl had to do with this song. I mean, the guitar to me sounds like Prince chugging along. Mm. Yeah, um, it does. It doesn't sound like Donna at it, all. It doesn't sound like... it. Could very well be just a program drum beat. I don't hear anything that speaks. This is an Eater baseline, and I'm, I wonder how much they've actually had to do with this song. Uh, Donna and um, Eater, they went to McDonald's, and <laughs> by the time they got back, this track was done. Probably, <laughs> and it's also interesting because um, you know a lot of these interviews, the same questions get asked, and the same, and the answer coming back is, oh, you know, we had a whole bunch of songs, and and we tried to put them together to form a coherent thing. And every time I read that, I'm like, well, what's, what are these two songs doing on there? Hmm. Let's, not, yeah. let's not be too negative. Doesn't seem to make sense. But look, moving on, I'll finish my review of Stop This Train by saying this is like a cross between Kelly Clarkson, Estelle, Christina Aguilera, and some forgotten 90s girl band, <laughs> which I find ironic considering some of the lyrics that Prince refers to in the song Fix Your Life Up. But anyway, with that said, Captain, what are your thoughts on Stopping This Train? I mean, Stop This Train, the song. It's really just a duet with the husband and wife, Hannah and Joshua. I like the little guitar, which is, yeah, like Toe Jam said, I'm pretty sure that's Prince playing along. And there's this little music box sound all through it. I don't mind that. It fits in with the song. And it is so obvious when Prince's backing vocals come in, like Toe Jam said, just this big, Ooh, and it just, that's just so lush, that sound, and it just wipes out the track. And then it goes back to the track after it fades out. They've just got such a full sound. But this song is, it's its okay. It's not my style. It's not something I would choose to listen to if I had the choice. It's a very mellow little track. It's not a track I would skip to, but I, I wouldn't skip it either. It just it just comes and goes. That's fine. There's nothing really noticeable to me. But it does have a fade out though, which is something 
interesting, I thought. Because mm. a lot of the songs on this album got this big, abrupt end, and this song just sort of fades out. And it's like, oh, fade out. And mm. I remember when I first heard it, I'm like, I haven't heard a fade out in a long time. It was interesting. I do like this one bit where it stops, and you're waiting for a fill mm. to come uh, in, and yeah. no fill, and just, boom, just keeps going. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Comes back in, yeah. But yeah, this is okay. It's It just chugs along with that little guitar. It's okay. Player, fan vote. Okay, the fans voted this 11th. So, Ooh, just they voted this a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> just slightly ahead of Boy Trouble. Only 17% ticked the love button. 33% ticked the like button. 50. So, yeah, about 50 either love or like it. It's it's not the worst track, but it's it's down the bottom. It's down, it's down the bottom. Well, speaking of love, let's go into track number nine, a cover of a song by Alice Smith. It is entitled Another Love. If you don't like it round here. And to take this one away, player, why don't you start this off? Oh my god, where do I even start with this? Perhaps Masterpiece? This is organically and sonically an amazing piece of music, described in the CD booklet as being adapted from the Alice Smith song. I mean, I love Alice Smith's music, but what Prince and Third Eye Girl have done with this and where they've taken it, they've really made it their own and they've catapulted it into the stratosphere. It has everything. It has groove, it has tension, it has emotion, and probably the most amazing guitar soloing laid to wax by Prince and Donna. We've spoken previously of Prince holding back a bit in the studio version tracks of songs like Fury, for example. But here, this is exactly what you experience at a Prince show, where you're completely blown away, and it's all here in its orgasmic glory. The music and lyrics go hand in hand. They just cut like a knife. And again, I've spoken about this previously. Fans connect to Prince's work the most when it's relatable. And they can pull this up at any given time and tap into that emotion. And there's no mystical, fluffy lyrics here. This is Prince at arguably his all-time best. This is the best track on this disc. To quote another song on this album, wow. Yeah, definitely. Toejam, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's great. I was a bit concerned at first when I heard it was a cover. I'm like, oh, do we need to hear a cover? And I and but when I heard it, I'm like, man, I need to check out the original. And then I checked out the original, and it's like a totally different song. And then I was like, this is awesome because it's like he's he's totally redone the song. And I'm not going to compare them and say, oh, one's better than the other. But this is an amazing song. I just love the way it's the stop-start nature of it before it gets to the chorus. You know, uh, what's the lyric? If you don't need me or something. Just those big hits before it. It's almost like these jabs before a big knockout punch when it gets to the actual main chorus. That's just rocking. And like Player said, and like we've been saying all the way through, it's just really organic sounding, chunky guitar solos right up four to the mix, not hidden in the background. That's really all I have to say about it. It's just amazing. It reminds me very much of like the Gold Experience couple of songs in the gold experience like i hate you and what's the other big one on the gold experience towards stop, the end of the stop album? reading my notes what's the other one there's i hate you and something else a shush s h h h yes and those it reminds me it's very much in that vein where it's this big epic bright sounding rock song with just massive guitar solo at the end and it just reminds me of those songs and i love the way it just builds towards the end you know it has a sort of stop start nature in the in the first half of the verse and chorus but then at the end it really builds you know this minus six minus seven one progression just 
rotating around those three uh, and the solo is just blistering over that it's just great stuff it really builds the emotion feels like you're cheering them on from the side you're like yeah you go you solo you smash that guitar yeah it's a great song and I think this is tied with Fix Your Life Up and Plectrum Electrum as the best songs on the album hard to differentiate them I think okay another wow from me uh, Captain what are your thoughts on Another Love uh, yeah this one's up there as one of the best tracks on this album and it's just a shame that it's not a Prince track even though it's, you know, rearranged. It's not a Prince composition. But yeah, Toe Jam already said it. This reminds me so much of a track like Shush. You know, it's got the quiet parts, and then it's got the blow-your-head-off parts, and it's got a big drum fill when it changes sections. It's got killer guitar solos. It's very similar in, you know, the, the structure that way. Like, 2.17, oh, off we go. And this song has the lyric in it, right? Uh, about a couple hundred days. And there's another song which has a lyric, a couple hundred hours. That might be on AOA, I'm not sure. But the, he's using this couple hundred a lot lately. And also, just in case you were missing the lasers from the breakdown, they're on this track. They're at, two, <laughs> they're at 2.25, 2.26. The controversial lasers. Official laser spotter, Captain. Yeah. <laughs> they're buried, but they're there. 225, 226. Listen for the lasers. And I think there's another spot as well, but I didn't write the time for it. Three minutes in, you've got another guitar solo. It pretty much lasts the whole rest of the song, which is always a good thing. And then he, he gets on the wah pedal a bit near the end. The outro is great too. Exactly the last 30 seconds, there's some great little guitar runs and notes. It's a good one. One of the best songs on this album. It's good stuff. Bravo. <laughs> and just the fuzz tone on the bass, like, it seems to be a theme on this album. Like, mm. choruses just crank that fuzz tone. It's awesome. Yeah, this one does it for me as well, guys. It's a masterful reworking stunning it's everything that i love about prince and his ability to evoke emotion and create something really fresh in this case he's reinterpreting and reworking someone else's music but he's making it sound completely his own he's done that a few times this is one of the best if not the best examples of that i think ah i find it hard to find superlatives to throw at this track what can you say how playing it's similar to the breakdown I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. The breakdown definitely. is going down, down, down. And this one, it's another love, another love, another love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The vocal, the descent on the on the chorus. Yep. Uh, and you know what? The, the he, And the lasers. And, and the lasers. But speaking of the vocals, the vocals are brilliant here. First of all, many songs on this album are a headphone must. Definitely a headphone listen. But this song in particular, because of not only the bass that Toe mentioned, and then the feel of... Prince's voice and the way that he puts the song across as player mentioned and the overall stunning quality of the guitar work and everything as Captain mentioned but I'll mention something about the background vocals the background vocals here add so much yeah, they do, yeah. weight so much emotional weight to the song that rounds it out in a spectacular way and I have to give props where they're due aside from the fact that this is a stunning piece of music that was recorded by the band the background vocals in particular are so well placed on this and really the background vocals are the only obvious reference outside of the lyrics to the original song by Alice Smith I think because as as I'm not sure when now whether it was Toe Jam or someone else who mentioned in the first impressions show that this is really such a drastic reworking that it might as well be an original Prince and Third Eye Girl song and I agree with that comment so stunning piece of music stunning performance and as far as Prince's that that last verse wow just blow your head off time 
unbelievable. These are those, you know, those moments that we wait for. We wait patiently. We're waiting four and a half years, and finally, nine tracks into this album, we get Prince singing like only he can. It's it's spine spine tingling stuff. And with that, the fans vote. The fans vote. (laughs) (laughs) The fans definitely agree. They vote this the first favorite out of all the songs on the album. Wow. A massive 60.50% love this and Mm. 26.89% like it. Wow. So it's nearly like, you know, 86%, yeah. Gee, the people spoke. Yeah, they definitely did. Did anybody hate this track? Only 0.84%, so less than 1% actually don't like this song. But That's saying something. Yeah, it's in the minority. No, they were putting it in the league of I hate you. <laughs> it's in that league. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a fan favorite. They think that this is the best track on the album. Wow. Actually, um, good to hear. MC raised an interesting question. Is this possibly the best cover he's ever done on, a, on an album? I can't think of a better one because sometimes his covers can be a bit off. Every day is a winding road. I think yeah, Crimson and Clover is a good that's cover. That's not a good example. Yeah. Crimson and Clover is pretty good. Yeah. Good. yeah. Not as good as this. No. Uh, I, always, I always liked one of us. Yeah, but I don't think that beats the original though. Ooh. Live, I think it new, turns with, a simple song into some generation with that massive yeah. guitar. Ooh. but the original was always just like a nice little simple song, and he turned it into this big massive thing. And Ooh, I can think of one, but it's only a live performance. "Creep" by Radiohead. Oh yeah, I didn't think that was that good at all. Oh, you're kidding? <laughs> no, I thought that was pretty average. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's tough to compare live stuff. He yeah, didn't even it is. sing the chorus. He just went and just walked away. But I, th- I think of the what, maybe ten covers roughly mm. on his albums, on his actual albums. I think it's probably the best one. There's not that many. There's a couple on Emancipation. Mm. Yeah, this is a stunning, stunning piece. Yeah, let's go to track I, number I think ten. This or? Would, that would have to be it. Okay, so track number ten, Tic Tac Toe. Let's get it over with. (laughs) Oh, you're kidding. (laughs) I've got to get into this. This, for me, is easily one of the best three songs on this album. Oh, what? Yeah, without a doubt. It reminds me heavily. I have many doubts. (laughs) Actually, I'll leave what I was about to say to the end of my review of this song. But this is a standout. Beautiful bass harmonic lines from Ida. Really interesting and intricate melody work on the vocals. And the arrangement is so lilting that it almost sounds like it's floating on air, that melody line in the verses. And then it's almost like it's almost like the verses and the chorus on this song are indistinguishable. Toe Jam in in episodes gone by has mentioned his favorite, I think you might have even coined this term, Toe Jam, your dream song. Well, even though it's not my term. Or, nor is it my idea, this is that dream song moment on the album. Yeah, definitely. And lyrically, it's real interesting. It harkens back to some of the acoustic material that he was playing around with on The Truth. For those deep, hardcore Prince fans that listen to the show, you guys will know what I'm talking about. Whether it's um, Circle of Amor or, well, I won't go into them. but Or a dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But tic-tac-toe, you know, compa- the, 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 just the, the, the metaphor element of this track is, is really strong. The execution is brilliant. The background vocals are, once again, just like they were on Another Love, so well done that I just wish I heard more backgrounds from these women than there are on this record. That'd be lovely to hear. And the last thing I'll say is this. The first thing that I thought of when I 
first heard this, and every time since, whenever I listen to this song, I think Wendy and Lisa. Ooh. Hardcore. Hardcore. I mean, it's like I can't escape it. Ten times during the course of this song, Wendy and Lisa pop up into my head. From the arrangements, the way that the chord structures and the background vocals in particular, even though it's obviously not Wendy and Lisa on the background vocals, it harkens back to that era. And in parts, I swear it sounds like Wendy. And in other parts, I swear it sounds like Lisa. Do the headphone experiment, listen for yourselves, and be transported back to 1985, folks. I think this is a stunner and a grower on this polarizing yet quite strong album who wants to take this <laughs> player toe jam captain anyone uh i know you're not supposed to take it literally but the first visual i get when listening to this is a group of blind guys saying to each other it's your turn is it my turn no it's your turn hell it's, <laughs> it's his turn what up with this x all these blind guys playing tic-tac-toe yeah the song musically reminds me straight away of dolphin it definitely has that at the start and end in the last five seconds. Musically, this is nice and it's well-written and crafted and produced, but I'm not really feeling the chorus. It's a bit repetitive and it's got that let's hold hands and sway side to side kind of vibe going for it. (laughs) I can see other people think it's a solid track like um, MC and I can see their view on that. But for me, I'm not completely sold on it. I'm sure I'll be won over with repeated listens, but at the moment, I'm just next. (laughs) Toe Jam? I really like the song. I love the metaphor, the visual metaphor. Like, obviously, you know, X and O's are kind of like, you know, kisses and cuddles and kind of thing. And to me, it's like, you know, this these two naive young people who are possibly making out for the first time, and they don't know what they're doing, but they're enjoying that moment together. That, that's I don't know if that's what the lyrics are even about. I haven't read them, but that's what I get from the chorus anyway. And I had that, you definitely picked it. It's the, it's the song that sounds like it's written in a dream. And that really starts when the key changes. Like it starts off with a fairly straightforward progression, you know, one to four to one to five. But then it goes to this really interesting chords. I haven't got them down here to list them out, but it sounds like some cool stuff going on there when it gets to the second verse. I think it might be. Just like the Sweet November, I think it might be that one. Just a big lush sound. Um, nice guitars, clean guitars with some chorusy sort of effects on them. Lush vocals, whispery vocals, but sort of laid back as well. I don't know why, but it reminds. Well, I, I sort of did know why, but it reminds me of um, the Willy Wonka song "Pure Imagination" from the seventies. It has that just kind of dreamy vibe about it that sort of goes in different places. And yeah, it's just a really nice song, I think. And and even though it's not the rocking thing, this one doesn't. It doesn't seem that out of place on the album compared to the others. Uh, the other two songs we were saying do. Um, so I think this is a really nice song. Yeah, MC, what about that? Well, I agree so far. <laughs> <laughs> I love well, this track. Captain. You're, saying that you're saying those other tracks, oh, they don't fit because they're not rock. What about this? Yeah, but this is like that moment in the album where everything gets a little bit psychedelic and it's still guitar and vocal based. Captain? This starts off very much like white caps and overall it sounds very similar sounds pretty much the same to me the the whole song i actually prefer the chorus to the the verse section of this song but overall there's just not much to it there's just got this basic drum beat simple bass lines there's a few interesting guitar chords that's about it we start and end with the dolphins for some reason i guess they're in the ocean who knows is the correct word for a group of blind people really a bunch? 
Isn't it like a pride or something? A gaggle. <laughs> a gaggle. <laughs> uh, I mean, songs like this in major keys usually get slammed for being like a kid's song or they're sappy or something, which is a pretty uneducated thing, I think, to say. And I thought, MC, that you would say this about this song. No, I don't, because I take it metaphorically. I don't take it... Li- Again, you guys are obviously thinking, at least in part, that you've got this visual in your mind about a bunch of blind people playing a game. That's couldn't be further from the truth, in my opinion. No, I'm not thinking about yeah. that at all. Oh, okay. It's just, for some reason, I think a lot of non-musician people think if a song is in a minor key, it's somehow more sophisticated than and superior to a song which is just in a major key. Mate, Toe Jam, you know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah. He's in complete agreement. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand how that hap- why that happens. I mean, there's been songs in the past that we've reviewed, and they've been like just straight major chords, and MC's just slammed it. Oh, it's a kid song. Oh, it's crap. Good love. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah, but there's plenty of songs with with bright, positive major chords that I absolutely love. I just think this is a great play on life this song it's like none of us know what we're doing we're all just it's guesswork you know and anyone who thinks otherwise is a fool you know we're just all trying to make it in the world and there's i think there's elements of that on this track and again this this goes to what they're singing about and what the lyrics may be about but also i think there's an element of relationships and i think tojay might have mentioned this you know it's that moment where you're sitting on a bench next to a girl and you kind of you don't even know where it's going and and you're not sure what's happening and you're kind of just living in the moment and i think that's an interesting way of looking at slash explaining the experiences that a lot of people face therefore i connect with it just like i did with another love so um, you've got anyway. the advantage because you actually listen to the lyrics <laughs> <laughs> and all i heard was yeah, a bunch of people you can get that advantage too <laughs> where did the zeros and x's go that's all i heard i don't know what any other lyrics were that's such a brilliant l- lyric to me i don't know so anyway. just imagine you just listen to this song with no lyrics you would have slammed imagine if this was the instrumental you would have slammed this so hard as if being, this was an as instrumental being the dumbest kid song you've ever heard if this was an instrumental i think you're right but i can't think of that in that context because it doesn't exist in that but, i always find yeah. the lyric um travel back to ancient dance a bit weird it's lands isn't it it lands. says dance yeah, it says dance, dance. In, the, in the lyric book. So I saw someone online saying that that whole verse, like not that, not just that line, but that whole paragraph verse, is a reference to Maite. And if you read it with her in mind, it, it kind of s- sort of suggests that you can apply pretty much anything to. Yeah, but listen to it. If you ever get the chance to travel back to ancient dance, now she was like, you know, marketed as. Well, not marketed, but... The you know, Oriental dancer. Dancer, right. She was. Uh, yeah, tell this yeah. Valentina, which she did ballet as well, that I wish her well and a happy romance. It's kind of like, yes, they broke up and she, he, he's wishing her well now. I'm doing much better now than I was when she got me high, trying to rely on how many layers I should strip and why. So it's kind of, you know... But I mean, again, with any lyric, you can think of any subject and apply it to it too, but I thought it was an interesting comparison. Now, wait a yeah. second. That makes sense now, because I was going to say, is it that hard to think of a country that rhymes with ants <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> get your croissants ready because <laughs> he obviously wanted it to rhyme with romance i'm thinking ancient dance why not just put ancient france anyway but maybe you're onto something player well player you might be onto something else as well i'm thinking hey valentina off minneapolis sound Ah, Valentina. Is this a song about Salma Hayek? See, that's anyway. the thing. You could apply anything to the to the lyrics. Mm, 
it's it's got some nice acoustic guitar strumming, some nice backing vocals, some nice harmonies. Yeah, it's just it's nice overall, but I can I can take it or leave it. This is another one. I I wouldn't skip it, but I'm not going to go running to listen to it either. It just comes and goes, just like Whitecaps. It comes on and then it's finished. Yeah. Oh, and this was also recorded in Brian Ferry's studio in London. Oh, is this the one? After a night of partying. Oh, it's got that boxy music kind of vibe to it, doesn't it? Well, supposedly they were listening to a lot of Cocteau Twins and all that sort of stuff, so unsurprising that this came out. Anyway, I love this song. Let's go... No, no, what did the vote? You're never going to get this, are you? (laughs) Okay, fan vote, 29.41% love this track. 28.57 like this track. And 27.73 think it's neutral. And keep going. 9.24 dislike it. And 5.04 hate it. And in the hierarchy of things, it comes in 8th out of 12. So there's 7 other songs that people rank higher than this one. This isn't the most hated track. You know what? You know what I think? I mean, you know, I didn't really sort of rate this song very much too but you know what coming after another love it's a, it's a hard it's a hard thing to do it's a do perfect you know? transition though like you can't take much more after another love and this kind of that's right yeah brings it down nicely into this mm. ethereal but it's a tough act to follow. it's like you know Kirky J coming after Michael B it's this is hard <laughs> track number 11 Mars <laughs> It's under two minutes. Captain. Great. Fantastic. Tremendous. (laughs) Brilliant. One minute 48. This song joins the ranks of one of the shortest songs ever released by Prince in the last 35 years. What do you say when it's such a short song? It's a very simple rock track. It's got a cool vocal delivery, which I like simple chugging guitars there's no real chorus there's just a riff instead which i also like i like the end of the bridge with those lyrics you're never really happy and how they stretch it out it's got a very nice twist to end this whole song at the end of a verse again another very abrupt ending it's really unexpected it throws you off the first few times when you you're not expecting it, it just ends in the middle of a verse it's weird i like this track and the whole vibe of it it could have used a solo even a short one but it is what it is all right i don't have much to say so i'll say it real quick i wish this was an instrumental it reminds me of controversy era short rock rockability tracks that he was doing around that time you know early 80s it's a bit more punkish than most of the stuff on this record but it's punk light and I think that suits I think that actually suits the band this kind of chugging along with the with guitar bass and drums you know pro- propelling rock music that's fantastic it's nice for what it is it's a good little change between tic-tac-toe and what's about to come next and with that let's take it to toe jam it's a little two-minute rocker and it rocks pretty hard in that short time it's hard to say i like it it's hard to say i dislike it i don't dislike it but it's it's pretty skippable because it's so short i think the lyrics are actually pretty interesting other than the first line i don't like the first line given it's such a blatant reference to mcdonald's yeah i Um, agree and it just kind of it just kind of throws the vibe but aren't there stories that this is actually true that he oh no the story is he was outside smelling the food yeah yeah. (laughs) so I, i do wonder how if there's any or to what degree there is autobiographical information in this. And it sort of reminds me, getting back to the topic we were talking about with Fix Your Life Up, where he's like, you know, it sounds, the lyrics, it sounds like he's in this pretty destitute place, time and place, and the only thing that they can do is to compete, is to make sure they don't go to jail, which is kind of cool lyric. And it talks about, you know, you're never really happy, you're just really good at pretending. Um, that's a really cool lyric. 
And I just, I like the wah-wah thing going on towards the end. The, the two guitars seem to go wow-wow-wow while the vocals are going over the top yeah. of that. It gives it a real spacey sort of sound. But it's so short, it's, it's really hard to say much more. It's, it just rocks hard for two minutes. And uh, this, this could go off live as well, I imagine, um, if it like, just kept building and building and building and building. I think, I think he's played this live once or twice, it'd be good to hear. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty simple, though. I mean, really. Yeah, there's nothing to it musically. It's, it's, almost, it's, just... it's, it's almost too simple that it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's good. It's rocking. All right. Player, you digging this? This is a little oddity that probably is the closest we'll get Prince to doing uh, punk rocks in the style of the Ramones. You know, after each verse, I'm expecting the background vocal to spring up with the, you know, rock, rock, rock and roll high school, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, with Another Love, I talked about relatability, and here straight away from the first verse, can't connect with Prince working for McDonald's. I mean, I understand it's, the so- it's a sort of a punk ode, and it's all about rebellion and being the underdog and all that, and I get that. And the story he's trying to portray is interesting to listen to, but I just have some trouble connecting to it. It's a bit like Tic Tac. I think I might need to give it a few more listens to sort of really get into to it, but for me, it's kind of odd. He should have said, um, I lost my job working for Mr. McGee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been cool. That, that would have, like, lined it up. And, oh, it all it all comes together. Come on. <laughs> it all makes sense now. All righty, then. We are at the final track. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What's the definition of insanity? Oh, gosh. Player. Okay. Only 10% love this track. 48 percent like it and in the overall scheme of things it came 10th 10th out of 12 tracks i feel this this is like the eurovision vote or something and now <laughs> take it away switzerland yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bosnia herzegovina <laughs> funk and roll no no mars two uh, points yeah i think the fans think it's a bit odd as well okay and now to georgia georgia can you hear us <laughs> <laughs> belarus belarus <laughs> <laughs> the roof is on fire. No. <laughs> Track number 12, we're at the final song of this release, Plectrum Electrum by Prince and Third Eye Girl. The last song on this is called Funk and Roll. You could argue that it's Prince's philosophy on music, bringing together the elements of funk and rock and roll. Take it away, Captain. As far as I know, this is the original version of this track, and the version on Artificial Age is the remix. That's right, isn't it? Surely. I prefer this version way more than the remix, possibly just because it's the original version. I don't know. I like this one. I love just that riff, that goofy, stupid intro riff, the first 18 seconds. It's just great. Every time it comes back, it's just great. And I laugh. It's just funny stuff. I like the pitched up vocals. Yes, I know it might not necessarily be Camille, but I'm going to call it Camille voice. So get over it. This one's just funkier than the remix version. The sound of the bass, it's just killer in the chorus. Oh, the bass kills you. Uh, There's a little bit of like record scratching on this, but it fits in okay. There's some cool backing vocals in the verses by Prince. Some are in his normal voice, some are in the Camille voice. I love the mental one-minute outro, especially the... Is the stupid laugh he does at 3.43. That's funny. It's a, just a great track. I like it. It's it's funky, and it's rocky, and it's goofy, and it's Prince. The end. Player, what are your thoughts on Funk and Roll? Funk and Roll is alive, and it lives in Minneapolis. This is the rock party track of this disc. 
it kind of reminds me of Get Wild for some reason in its vibe. It has a real chunky sound and the usual party track elements, the cheers, the chants. The bass line is nice and slinky and it has the fuzz tone. Also elements of Pretty Man I get in this um, track, especially when he does the Oh No He Didn't line. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of Don't Hate Me Because I'm Beautiful, that kind of line. It's just a, way, a great way of closing out the disc to sort of turn it out like this. I mean, it, the whole album's like the rock album, and this is rock too, but it's like the funky the funky rock track. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really good way to sort of close the album. What I thought of today was by putting Funk and Roll on both albums... You know, and releasing two albums on the same day, you can listen to both albums. It doesn't matter which one you listen to first and which one you listen to second. Is Funk and Roll will always be the bridge track between the two albums, which is a really cool thing to do. And I only like thought of that today. If you want to take it a step further, you can bridge Wow and the Unexpected with uh, Liv Warfield too. Uh, it's all interconnecting. Mm. Mm-hmm. But like, if you start with Plectrum Electrum and then you'll end with Funk and Roll and then you'll go into Artificial Age and then you'll end with Funk and Roll and you can come back to Plectrum Electrum. It'll just keep going. <laughs> you can keep going forever. That's, that's his, that was his plan, to make us listen to these two albums <laughs> forever. Toe Jam, what are your thoughts on this? It's funky and it's rock and rolly. And there you have it. <laughs> It's, and it's dun. got a big classic turnaround. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know if you call it a turnaround. What would you call that? Like a it's just uh, a, a goofy lead line thing. section. Yeah, lead base lead line, I guess. Mm. And I'd never noticed this until I read it. And someone said something about it. Sounds like we wish you a merry Christmas. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? But then I thought about it, and it does. Dun, 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 dun. We wish you a merry Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas. Uh-huh. Dun, dun. And I was like, ah. So every time I hear it now, I think, we wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> That's but a yeah, pretty funky Christmas, man. But again, it's got that fuzz tone on the bass, and that just rocks it out. Camille vocals as well, real slippery, you know. Oh, not every pitched-up vocal is Camille, Toe Jam. <laughs> it may as well be, come on. And, you know, it's just got that classic funky Prince sound. If anything, it's not that great. I enjoy it for what it is, but I don't think it's like super special. And I remember thinking that when they did it on Arsenio too, I thought, I just, it does sound a little bit funky Prince by numbers, a little bit. And I, I like the bits towards the end, the, you know, we don't care what y'all are doing, and then it just rocks out a bit. Um, and I liked it on the Arsenio performance when that's when the horns came in. That was pretty cool. There's not a lot to say about it. A lot of these songs are like this. There's, there's not that much to say about them. They're just funky rocky songs with great little sections and little bits and pieces here and there to listen out for. So it's a good way to close the album, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I I find myself grooving to this and bobbing to this and it's got that New Orleans inspired beat. Brings a funky close to the album, as Toe just said. Even though parts of this album sounds like Pearl Jam or Black Sabbath or Edgar Winter, Deep Purple, Hole, The Who, Jeff Beck, all these sorts of artists... None of those artists that I just mentioned would ever, and I mean ever, end a predominantly hard rock album with a song like this. It makes Prince singular. He's an incredibly unique artist. And this closes an album in typical Prince fashion. So for all those people that were listening to Wow or Plectrum Electrum or another, you know, his reworking of Another Love, that are all great songs, you come to this and it's like it brings it back home. This is what Prince is about. It's not rock and roll, it's funk funk and roll and it is funky and it is rolling. And it's just a, a really solid finish. The one thing I will say is that I prefer my 
funky rock music a little bit less prescriptive meaning i don't need to be told that i'm funky and i'm rolling if you get my drift <laughs> yeah like yeah all right everybody now raise your hands and yeah you're gonna do the funk and roll it's, yeah it's a bit it's a cliche little, yeah yeah so but that's that's a very very minor it's a minor gripe you know whereas back in the day it would be like housequake on the one now it's like this is funk and this is roll and everyone's gonna <laughs> clap their hands and you're gonna have a good time y'all it's a bit i don't know <laughs> is that coming across too negative you know what this is he needs to walk the walk not talk the talk don't tell us it's funky just be funky yeah that's what you need to do you shouldn't need to tell us yeah, I no? think that's kind of my point. When you start naming your songs the way they're supposed to sound, <laughs> it gives it a certain vibe. <laughs> the next the next song's going to be, this is the funky song. <laughs> well, he said that in interviews when they ask, you know, to define the funk, and he goes, you know, if I have to define it, it's not funky. It's the same sort of principle in a way. Generally speaking, like, it is a funky track, but yeah, yeah it is. to be told that, like, it's another thing i like the lyrics about you know the phones at the concerts i think that's good put your phone down you know yeah. you're gonna it call anyone they're gonna be here rocking anyway so that's cool yeah. no it is it's a it's a banging track and this album started with a bang it finishes with a bang what more could you want you know don't answer that prince of the vocals <laughs> <laughs> can we hear yeah. all the prince versions of these tracks please <laughs> We've managed to review Plectrum Electrum. Congratulations to everyone who's stuck out, all of our listeners who are still with us. Hey, uh, hey, we hope hey, you hey, enjoyed hey. the review. Stop talking. No. We still have to do the vote for the last track. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't You're never going to get it right. <laughs> Take it away, player. Okay, uh, the fans voted this the third highest track on the album. Uh, really? 49.58% love this song. So nearly 50% of our wow. listeners that voted love the track and a massive 35.29% like it. And to give you a nice sort of spin on things, no one ticked the hate box on this particular song. And let's see if in the next album that box actually gets a tick on Artificial Ooh. Age. Very interesting votes, guys. So can you now just go from 12th to 1st? Yes, I can do that for you. 12th was Boy Trouble. 11th was Stop This Train. 10 was Mars. 9 was Ain't Turning Around. 8 was Tic-Tac-Toe. 7 was White Caps. 6 was Fix Your Life Up. And the top 5 made it was Pretzel Body Logic, Plectrum Electrum, Funk and Roll. Number 2 was Wow. And number 1 was Another Love. Ooh, very interesting. So thank you, all the all the many believe, many people. I can't believe Funkin' Roll's the third best song. No, it's not. Come well, on, people, hey, get it right. That's the the vote. people have that's voted. It's a good song, but there's there's at least four songs that are better than that. The people have spoken. Well, I'm are telling saying, them they're are you, wrong. Are you saying their opinions are wrong? Yes. As wrong no, as hang on. Like, do you think people when they were listening to this particular track? And just this track, are they comparing it to the songs on this album? Or are they taking it for what it is singularly? Or are they comparing this song to the one on Artificial Age? They're comparing it to every Prince track in history, including Purple Rain <laughs> and Computer Blue and Gold and some other great songs I can't think of. <laughs> right. 
So thank you for voting. Like everyone did well. There was a section where we got people to comment and I was going to read some of them out, but we had thousands of votes and a lot of them is really mixed. A lot of people love this album. A lot of people aren't feeling this album. Um, it was really, really mixed all the way through. So yeah, it's too many responses to go through, but it was very interesting. It's very mixed for not only this album, but for Artificial Age. But they did all get read. Yeah, yeah, of course. We <laughs> did all read them. And it was, yeah, thank you for everyone putting in the effort to do that but it was just too overwhelming to sort of separate all the comments because they were so varied it was really really varied did one person use the word masterpiece I'm sure it was in there it was thousands <laughs> of responses it was heaps so alright well that brings us to the end of our first complete review of Plectrum Electrum with that that brings us to our conclusion and I'll just quickly thank player Toe Jam Captain and myself for coming together to talk about this album. How about we score the album? Oh, Oh, the final thoughts, yeah. Yes, you forgot all about that. Yeah. What are your final thoughts? I'm very impressed by the album. I think I love the concept of the live in the studio sound, and I like the fact it was recorded analog and without a click. I think you can hear that on most of the songs, and it has a really organic and fresh sound to it. The guitar work all the way through from Prince and Donna is great. The bass work is great. The drums are great all the way through. It is a shame there's a couple of two well, two genuine fillers and one sort of semi-filler for me that kind of lower it a little bit. And I also, as much as I think there's four or five really good songs on here, there's a few that I think are uh, forgetting Stop This Train and Boy Trouble. There's a few that are kind of okay. And so I can't really say it's like an amazing album because it's not an amazing album, but it's a really good one. And out of 10, I'm struggling to give it an eight, but I think seven and a half doesn't sound enough. So I'm going 7.8. 7.8. Okay. Most of those points come from just the sound of the thing. It sounds fresh. Uh-huh. Well, I'll go. I said in the first impressions I preferred this album to Art Official Age, and I can't really say that has changed right now because since I knew we were going to review this one first, I've pretty much only listened to this album. I've barely listened to Artificial Age. I Now that we've done this review, I'm going to listen to Artificial Age for the next like two or three weeks. So... I still prefer Plectrum Electrum because that's 90% of what I've been listening to. If I have to score this, I'm going to give it a 6.5 because uh, there's four or five pretty good songs, but for me, there's a lot of filler as well. And, uh, you know, I don't remember every score I gave for like Parade and Around the World in a Day, but they could have been like a 7 or an 8. So I can't even give this a 7. I'm going to have to go 6.5. But again, it, it could still grow. It's still got time. Play it. Okay, for years, I know Okay, I know there's been Chaos and Disorder and Dirty Mind and all these sort of rock-based albums. But since those albums recently, a lot of people online have been wishing for the Prince Guitar Rock Out album. And we finally got it. And it's good that we finally have this. But there's enough room for, you know, other tracks like Screwdriver or to substitute the tracks with the weaker tracks, get them off and put on some of the other tracks they were working on. The question remains now that is, you know, now that it's released, where to from here? You know, are they going to do videos? Will they tour? Will there be more Third Eye Girl albums? Do they continue on as a unit independently to Prince? Or will this become another one of Prince's, you know, side projects? So from here, I'd really like to see where it goes. In the vote, I don't know if this is a bit of a spoiler, but, you know, in sort of like a one-two ranking, they 
rank this second to Artificial Age. And I just wonder if this was the only album that we got this year, if people would sort of rate it a bit higher, not sort of compare it to Artificial Age. For myself, I'm kind of with Toe Jam, maybe probably seven, seven and a half. It is a good album for what it is. But, you know, I think the trouble is is having it released with Artificial Age, you're always going to sort of make comparisons and stuff. So if I just take it singly and listen to it as a rock album, besides the sort of filler tracks, it is, it is quite good. I'm really happy that it's come out and we've all got it. I am disappointed that I didn't get it in my 128 kilohertz version on USB. Oh, 432. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that was a that was the excuse used as to why we weren't getting this album. It's like, where's the album? Where's the album? I actually, it needs to be heard in this sort of, you need to yeah. buy the equipment or you need to fly to Paisley Park listening sessions hmm. to hear this album. I never album. thought of that. <laughs> and, you know, eventually you, you it just comes out on CD or MP3. MP3. You could download yeah. it, yeah. Which is kind of like, okay. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm happy it's here. I think if this album was the only album he released now, I don't think the opinions would be that different. I think, you know, people would still think some of these filler tracks are still filler tracks. I don't think they'd get, you know, a higher opinion. Yeah, but, it, okay, in the sense that, let's just say this was the only album that came out this year after four years. I mean, a lot of people would say, yeah, I mean, aside from the filler tracks, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I also I also think it's like six months too late as well. Yeah, Definitely, I said this in yeah. the first impressions. I was looking back. Um, there's a great site called uh, Prince Tour History, and it basically just has a list of all like the main sh- shows he's done. And you know, he was doing this Third Eye Girl tour last year in like March through May or something like this. And I was just thinking, how many more copies of this album would he had have sold if it was released? At that time. At that time. Like, it might not have been ready then, but, you know, the idea of, like, touring an album is, is sort of non-existent anymore for him, I think. And selling the albums at the show. Yeah. I mean, he would have sold a heap, a heap load more. At every single show, he would have sold maybe, who knows, like, a thousand or something, a minimum at every show. They're only small theatres, so. Massive delay. I'd like to know what, you know, all the holdups were. Yeah, I still I think... I mean, was... obviously there would be a, a reason for it, but it would just be nice to know what the sort of hurdles he was coming across to prevent yeah. sort of releasing it. I think it was just a matter of him trying to wait and get top dollar. Yeah, but like, you Not know... being happy a... with what he was being offered, so he just waited out longer. Maybe, but like, it was sort of insinuated in one interview that it was a signed done deal with Cobalt. Yeah. Like, in the early stages, that's, you know, that was documented, so, you know... I don't know what happened with Cobalt, and then that sort of just all just got forgotten about, and it came out with Warners, so who knows? We'll never know. It must have gone through a lot of changes, right? I mean, some of the material's been around for a little while, so... I mean, he was name-dropping this album in the middle of 2013 already, so... And um, Plectrum Electrum, the video for that, before his Afro, before Mm. the full Afro, so that's, we're thinking, at least early 2013. Yeah, it's been recorded for a while. I guess, since uh, it sounds like I'm not the only one that hasn't done a quick round-up, my thoughts on this uh, I'm enjoying the, the stuff that I like I really really like and I'm enjoying probably two-thirds of the music on here in fact exactly two-thirds because in the first impression show I mentioned what I initially thought about the music and my thoughts now towards or my impressions of some of these songs are they have changed a little bit and some of my some of my initial impressions are still exactly the same I guess for me, it's an eight-track album, and uh, I won't go into my the playlist that I've created yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> However, I will say that as eight to nine songs, I think it works a lot better. It's a lot more solid. The flow.
flow seems to work a lot more better to my ears as well and it's more succinct even though at 12 tracks it's only 45 minutes i don't know i just kind of get a dirty mind controversy feel from some of the guitar playing and the arrangements and the propensity in in parts of this album and you know those albums were relatively short by comparison to what you get nowadays so i just kind of think with some of the quote-unquote filler you take that off and it's quite solid release i just thought of something really interesting how many times have we said oh this album would have been better if you know this track wasn't on it or this track wasn't on it have we ever said this album would have been better with more songs on it i don't think we've ever said that Mm. was there ever any album and we're like oh no this doesn't have enough songs oh i thought that the last couple like 2010 and and all that were only like barely just over 30 minutes. I would have liked like a 60 to 80 minute album. So like, yeah, there's been times where I wanted a bit mm. more. Because like 30 minutes is, considering like you look at, I know it's an epic album, but you look at like the Symbol album, that's like nearly 80 minutes, you know. And but I mean, that's, that's too, rock yeah. opera. Yeah, like, the, and it's like the space is there, use it, you know. Yeah, but on, I mean, on the contrary, just because the space is there doesn't mean you need to use it as well, right? Yeah, of course. Of course, but like, yeah. you know, if there's, you know, four years and you release a project that's about 50 minutes long, and in that time you know that there's been like three or four albums made and just vaulted, like, the st- there is stuff there, like, why not use it? Yeah, I guess it comes down to everyone's personal tastes, yeah. and in conclusion, yeah, my eight-track, eight-song version of Plectrum Electrum is absolute killer, no filler, <laughs> and I love listening to it, so there it is. You added LOL to the mix, didn't you? No, I didn't. You did. <laughs> no. Just admit no. it. I don't know what you're talking about. We'll be at a party and you'll say, I really love this track, man. <laughs> MC, I thought you said you only had eight tracks on your album. That's what I said. Yeah, but <laughs> what's this ninth one doing on? <laughs> <laughs> it opens up a voice. Okay. Well, nice try. What would you prefer? The album as it is or the album minus Boy Trouble and Stop This Train, but with Live Out Loud? <laughs> I don't think he'd take either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even actually remember Live Out Loud at all. You're making this very difficult for me, aren't you, Dear Jim? <laughs> well, I- I'd take option B in that instance, begrudgingly. Because you only have to press skip once instead of twice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, yeah, it's just his laziness. <laughs> He's only got to skip one track. We have to do shout-outs. Shout-outs. Every single person who voted. Yeah, thank you for voting. And your results will definitely be insightful in the next Artificial Age review. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, some interesting answers that have come through, and um, we'll be going deep into each track. So deep. Okay, <laughs> on, that, on that. Deep, eerie. Un- un- under the white caps. Eerie oh, note. Geez. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, don't take everything so seriously, and we'll be back again with another show sometime soon. Why so serious? Boop, 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 boop.